It is Free Talk Live. Welcome to the program here. You can join us and bring up anything you want to talk about. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. You can join us online, of course, anytime you want. Head over to freetalklive.com. Enjoy the various features that we have there for you. They are completely free. Once again, that is freetalklive.com. Here tonight, it's Ian. And Chris. And uh, phones are open. We actually already have a call on the line. Coming up, we're going to talk about the latest on the uh, Disney controversy. Not of whatever product Disney is cranking out. The other controversy. The one regarding Disney World and the property in Florida there that we, I don't know, I think we talked about it maybe most of a year ago. When this uh, DeSantis guy, this supposed free state of Florida, Ron DeSantis, the governor of Florida down there that has managed to fool so many people into thinking that he gives a damn about freedom, is going after Disney's property. And they've got a large property down there. It's not just Disney World. There's a large amount of uh, land outside of the actual Disney World park uh, that Disney owns it is called the uh, it's like a uh, was it like the something Creek District? I don't know if it says what it's called here and here. Yeah, Reedy Creek. Uh, this uh, this large swath of land that I believe crosses over two different counties in the state of Florida. Yeah, I think you're right about that. Um, I yeah, I was thinking that they owned a whole county or something like that, and it was specially given to them such that they would be able to like make all the laws and stuff and. and yeah, they've had a carve out um, basically for the last 60 years or something. I think it was like 1960 something when this was put into effect. We talked about it a lot when this was first in the news and it's now back in the news. Uh, and what they were saying was that they were going to take it back. They were going to hand back control of this particular district to the counties from whence it, you know, whence it came. Uh, and so we got an update on that story. We're going to get into it with you here, and you can share your thoughts as well at 603-283-6160+. Plus, uh, in kind of tech news, the Netflix rollout of the restrictions on uh, account sharing is uh, is going into place. And, you know, there's a couple hundred million Netflix users out there, so this is going to be affecting a lot of people. Uh, but we can talk first to Ricky from the Commonwealth. He's already on the line here tonight. Ricky, you're on Free Talk Live. Go ahead. Thank you there, Brother Ian. And real quickly before I start, I will say Governor DeSantis really sucks. I'm glad I live in the Commonwealth. I'm sure you live in New Hampshire. Happy that you live in New Hampshire. Yo, I don't no. miss Florida, but, I mean, all of the governors of Florida suck. Florida sucks. All governors suck everywhere. They're all t- uh, little tyrants. So, like, you know, one one versus another, I don't really necessarily have a preference. I guess if I had to say the New Hampshire governorship in general is probably better than Florida because it's a fairly weak governorship here in New Hampshire, meaning that the governor in New Hampshire cannot approve spending without the approval or spending over like, I think it's like 1500 or $15,000. Either way, a fairly small number for governor or government's sake. Mm-hmm. Uh, he cannot approve that without the approval of a five-person, what they call the executive council here in New Hampshire. Yeah. So there's a, there's a bit of a check on that person, that individual's power, at least here in New Hampshire. Uh, anyway, Ricky, what were you calling about tonight? Well, on to tonight's topic, if I could. Sure. You know, first of all, I wanted to mention just one thing to clear up, and this is important to what I'm saying. When it comes to SS or SSD, they're they're the same thing. SS or SSD? What's that? 
Well, Social Security is for retirement. And then the only difference with SSD is you take it early. And that's what, disability? Because you gained a disability, so you take it early. Okay. They're the same otherwise. Gotcha. Okay, let's continue. All right, here's the improvements. You know, there's there are some Republicans that are saying about improvements, but they don't have any, so I came up with some. You know? First improvement. Uh, there are jokers out there when they raise the age of 70, and they say, oh, if you live so long, let's get rid of it. Lower it to 60. That's the first improvement. How are you going to afford that? Huh? How are you going to afford that? You do understand that Social Security is going to run out of money, right? Like within the next few decades? Yeah, but the reality is most people that based on the 67 years old, when they take full, they only get up to 25% of their money. Sure, it's a scam. So that's that. So that's yeah, no, I, I get what you're saying. It's a, it, The whole system is designed as a scam operation. It well, basically That's why I get to the second. I got okay. a better one. Go ahead. Here's a second improvement. Now, this may be controversial, but I think it's a good one. Here's how this works. Now, by default, Social Security comes out starting with your first paycheck, fine and dandy. By default, you know, it does. But here's what you can do. At a point of your choosing, you can opt out. But here's, there's only one hitch. Say you work five years, you opt out, you don't get to opt in again. It just stays. That's great. I agree Reason with that wise, one. It would, be too, it would be a logistics nightmare. Yeah, I agree with that one. I think people should opt out of Social Security on day one and then save, the for their, save for their own uh, old age, save for their own retirement because yeah, you cannot, you cannot trust. The door. <laughs> you, I got to get this third one in, Ian. I thought right, you only had two. I got a third one. All right, go ahead. Here's the third one. The third one actually came from Governor Sununu, the start of it. He gave me the initial idea. And that's bring it down to the state level because he said they can do it better. I agree with that, but I got more to add to it. See, if you bring it down to the state level, what you can then do is tailor it to the wages of, say, Pennsylvania as opposed to California. And also, it would be based, you could base it on the economic state of that state. It would make more sense. Now, okay. these are three. All right, a little bit of decentralization. You know, there's nothing necessarily yeah. inherently wrong with that proposal. And if you got to go to the door, I understand. Thank you for the call, Ricky. Uh, yeah, okay, decentralize. But why not decentralize all the way down to the level of the individual? Which is why I liked his second proposal, which is to say, opt out. I absolutely think people should be able to opt out of Social Security. I mean, think about how much money you could save if you actually did it yourself. How do you – let's back up a moment and just clarify something. So you're saying you can opt out or you're saying that uh, well, Ricky's gone. Ricky was saying, no, no, no. I, yeah, I'm, I'm asking you what you're saying. Clarification for what you're saying. So you're saying you can opt out or you're saying you should be able to opt out. Ricky's proposal, number two, yep. was that people should be able to opt out of Social Security. Right. Okay. And then they don't get to come back into it if they opt out of it. Okay. That was what his proposal was. And that seems pretty reasonable to me. I got you. So you're agreeing with the proposal. You're, you're, yeah. Wouldn't so, you? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, it allows the individual to make a decision for themselves about how to handle their own retirement. I mean, the whole social security program is provisioned on the idea that people cannot take care of themselves, that everyone is a child and they need to have mommy or daddy government handle their finances for them. And we know how bad of a plan that is. I mean, these people do not know how to handle money. The military yeah. misappropriates trillions of dollars over the years. They don't know where, uh, you know, 90, uh, 80% of their assets are. I mean, th these people are terrible with money. Why would anyone trust them? <laughs> I, I wouldn't. But, you know, you know, it's interesting, too, because it's like it's it, it the Social Security is kind of one big uh, it, it's 
you know, people talk about like uh, crypto being like a scam, but if you look at social security, it's literally like, or not a scam, but a pyramid scheme. Mm -hmm. Um, It's just, that's, that's what social security basically is. It's taking uh, money from people today um, from your, from your, uh, you know, your paycheck. That's right. In order to pay people who, um, you know, to pay other people to pay who retired are people. retired, yeah, right? To, and there's no savings. Right. There's no block box. There's none of that. The problem with this is that it assumes that there will be more young people or more working age people than retired folks. But yeah, if it, it's not if working the out in Japan, happens, which is happening. Mm-hmm. It's all, is it is it here in the U.S.? I, um, I don't know if we've hit that point yet or mm-hmm. not, but it's certainly happening around the, the world. The balance is tipping, maybe. Absolutely, and Japan, I believe, is leading the way on this one. Oh yeah, so, uh, they're, they're tipped over at this yeah, point. Yeah, countries like Japan, um, Italy, I believe. Um, you know, all, this is why this is why pension systems and uh, social security systems mm-hmm. are failing around the world. It's because they they're, they're pyramid schemes, and they just we just hadn't gotten to a point where the population. Where basically the pyramid scheme collapsed, and yeah. we're getting to a point where the pyramid scheme is collapsing. This is why Social Security, you know, the amount that you're able to pull out of Social Security keeps declining, and if 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 it doesn't keep declining, it, it just runs out faster. The money, so yeah, that's why his first proposal, which was to lower the retirement age to sixty, is never going to happen because no, it can't. The Feds they don't have that kind of money. They they can't collect that kind of money. The system is designed to only pay you out a fraction of what you paid into it. And they know that you're going to die before you collect right, it right. all. And, and there's another issue. There's another issue with Social Security. So the you know some people say, well, just tax you know just tax the young more, t- tax the working age more. Well, the problem with that is there's only so much that you can actually extract. Like if you start looking at, I'm not sure exactly how to word this, but if you start looking at. Um, uh, like history, right? And when it comes to taxation, the more you tax people, the the less you get back. The, I'm sorry, the, the less, less productivity, the government, right? Right, the less productivity and yeah. the less the government actually brings in in taxes. Mm-hmm. So you can't just increase taxes or increase Social Security on the working age population and expect to get more in order to to fund the uh, you know the retirees right. um, through Social Security. It just doesn't. That's been proven work. over right. the years. Right. So. What, and, and and there's always there's there's the other problem of there's already a limit. People don't understand how much they're being taxed currently, but way more of your wealth that you're making actually goes uh, to you know taxes and and government than you realize sure. because again a lot of taxes we have are hidden taxes. Right. It's 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 uh, or you know, you're paying other people's taxes that you don't even realize as well, right? So when you yeah. buy, when you buy a product on the shelf, you just paid every tax that that corporation that make that product. To get that thing to the shelf, you paid every exactly. tax they, pay, they paid. Exactly. Um, you know, it used to be Europe had insane, you know, taxes, but mm-hmm. the United States is, you know, it's it, we're actually getting there. Um, you know, under Trump, we had a ten percent tariff introduced, and then it went to twenty five percent. You know, tar- uh, they got rid of the tariff um, when uh, Trump's uh, regime ended. Amazing. And but Biden's regime, when it started, that's the first thing he did, basically, was it reintroduced 25% tariff. Oh, it came back. It came back. Oh, le- so, lovely. Yeah, 13%. What that basically means to you and me is we're basically losing about 13% of our, uh, you know, our, our income in, in, in terms of increased prices. How does it go from 25 to 13? So, so tariffs are applicable to basically imports of mm-hmm. goods right. from outside the country. Yeah. And so... In theory, if you manufactured a good in the country, 
you know that's not tariffed. Right. So um, it, it's not twenty five percent. Importing parts, then <laughs> right? Well, right, exactly, exactly. <laughs> so basically, the United States does produce a lot of stuff. So yeah. it, what it ends up being is, if you looked at say Walmart, this is actually where the, my numbers come from. Walmart basically said that when uh, if you look at their their prices, their prices basically went up thirteen percent across the board. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just averaged out basically based on the twenty five percent tariff that so was because, imposed. What you mean is. Some things they're selling come from outside of the country. Some come from inside. So overall, right. the tariff r- amounted to the twenty five percent on some portion of their products. Overall, averaged out to thirteen percent. Exactly. Okay, exactly. So, so yeah, I'm not I'm not okay. perfectly describing this, but and I'm not perfectly accurate when I say thirteen percent. Uh, you know, you're losing thirteen mm-hmm. percent, but it's something along those lines. You can conceptually understand like what's happening with you know. With, with, with how you're being taxed yeah. through these secret hidden taxes. And of course, that doesn't actually, it's worth pointing out, tariffs don't hurt the country that you're t- tariffing. It hurts no. the American people. <laughs> right. It, it hurts is, the people who want to get a better price on something. This is why I call it a hidden tax, because that's sure. really all you're doing is, is you're increasing the cost of living for right. your own people. And, you know, it, it's, it's, uh, it, and it's not, it, and it might be like, okay, 25% or 13%, let's say 13%. Yeah, you know, you can, I can, I can live with 13% less money each year, right? But it's not 13% because there's that's just one example of a hidden tax. Mm-hmm. There's all sorts of other hidden tax. There are employment taxes. When I hire an employee, um, there is a percentage of his paycheck that he'll see that, you know, uh, that of, of his um, pay of, of his pay. Right. That we promised him. Well, but the problem with this is that, yes, he sees a certain amount, maybe 15 percent or whatever it is on his pay stub. We're talking about like Social Security, for instance. Yeah. Well, yeah. um. Yeah, because uh, isn't half of that paid by the employer and then half paid by the employee? Yeah, and it, the half you don't see. Well, that's 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 one way you you, you say it. But right. what I'm what I'm trying to get at, it's yeah. So so you see your half on the paycheck, but you don't see the other half right. that the employer paid. Yeah, exactly, right? exactly. So right. the employer is paying. So that's really your money, but you're right. just not being told that your you no your paycheck would be yeah. higher. When you first started working, if it wasn't for the fact that the right. government was making the employer pay a certain amount to the government. Now, you you are a minor employer. You do have some employees, I guess, at, at, at your thing. Yeah, we, we also have some contractors and so forth, too. But yeah. Is there a rule that would say that when you make a pay stub for somebody... There's obviously there's the check the check portion that they remove and they deposit in the bank and then there's that stub part which's got you know social security Medicare yeah. uh, income tax or withholding or whatever those different items on there is it legal to add your own fourth line and here's what we would be paying you if we didn't have to pay social security and like have that extra number on there or would that violate some kind of international uh, you know IRS code or whatever I'm not a lawyer yeah um I can't imagine that it would like it would just be telling the truth you know like this is what you're missing out on but like let's say for some reason you can't put it on the pay stub itself Mm -hmm. for some reason I don't see why I don't see I, I can't imagine that there's some law that says yeah, you can't secret, tell people about it. Right? It's, it's a law. It's yeah. on the books. Right. 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 Yeah. So and those are all public numbers. Every employer has to know and has to know and then do whatever it is. the You know, that law says. So, yeah. And it's like and it's not even like it's just this one. You know, it's this one tax. You've also then got, you know, income taxes. You've got uh, sales tax sales taxes that you're, most people are paying anyway. Um, there's use taxes that most people don't even know about that they're not paying, but they're supposed to be paying. Um, 
there are uh it's incalculable i mean you could just continue rattling these things off i mean gas taxes Mm -hmm, on the gasoline mm -hmm. to get the product where you are the uh taxes on the electricity in the showroom for the product that you're buying off the shelf at walmart property taxes yeah you know just all of it you you can't even calculate yeah and even if you rent you're paying your landlord's property taxes (laughs) so there's it's it's insane the amount of money that is actually you know you're not you're, I mean, depending on how you do the math, it's, you know, it's something probably, you know, I've always said it was something like I've done the math and I think I figured it was at least something like half. 78% yeah. of your income is going to government, but God, it's, it's probably insane. way higher than that. Um, I've been told and that that's, the a, breakdown that's federal a low state. ball number. I wonder what the breakdown is federal, state, local, right? So if it's, I, if it's 78% total, then how does that divvy out to yeah, different I don't, levels? I don't, unfortunately, I don't have, I don't have enough of a fuller understanding of what the breakdown exactly is i mean we can i mean i can tell you i can t- we can talk a little bit about um some of the numbers uh it's something like 30 percent i think for the federal and then i think like state like new jersey i think was like seven or eight percent on income um so you know i don't know no new hampshire doesn't have an income tax so there, there are some states that are a little bit better new hampshire does have a little bit higher property taxes than a lot yeah. of states but it's still low relative to like the northeast and certain other high tax uh you know states so over the overall taxation for example in new hampshire is still much lower but yeah it's it it's hard it's hard you know i was just doing a little bit of research sort of related to what we're talking about today uh there's some i know you've seen a couple of them at least the texas nationalist movement has these little minute-long clips that they've been sharing online oh yeah i love those of uh sort of different issues different questions about independence and like you know the big questions that come up what what about travel how will we cross the border you know things (laughs) like that just addressing some of these things that people really want to know about and uh and so i was i was kind of uh transcribing theirs because we want to do our own versions here in new hampshire and, and they're applicable too it's, it's mostly applicable right. there's some changes so one of the things i was researching uh was you know there were some, certain statistics that he uses that are applicable to texas but not applicable to okay, fair new hampshire so for instance he talks about the size of the texas economy which of course texas is a much larger physical land mass and much larger as far as population you know to 20 times or whatever the population basically of uh, of new hampshire so i actually looked up to see what the per capita gdp was and that's actually really interesting new hampshire has a higher per capita yeah. gdp than yep. texas and uh it's also higher than the united states new hampshire when you look it, at yep. gdp when you rank the whole i looked at uh, there's a world bank chart out there and of course you can look at the overall gdp but you can also rank it by per capita and then you see like luxembourg and so some of these small countries actually have very very high uh gdp some over like a hundred thousand dollars uh new hampshire's number 12 on that list so of the entire world's countries including some of the smaller ones new hampshire's actually number 12 as far as gdp per, per person have you looked at um the you know the interesting so sort of similar um there's a list out there i believe uh which basically kind of lists if, um states as if they were independent countries and mm, new hampshire really? yeah and it's interesting because new hampshire would be one of the wealthiest countries in the world if it was an independent country okay i believe it when you just look at the raw gdp it ranks at like number 60 something mm-hmm. 
you know, like around Kenya or something like that. So it's not particularly impressive just on its raw GDP. So it must be you must be looking at some other kind of calculation. Maybe, like I said, per um, capita is pretty impressive. Yeah, it would be. But, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, I think it would be per capita, not right. So we're not number twelve GDP, on the. But, but it's World not. Bank it's list. not raw GDP that matters. It's it's. It's GDP per capita, I think, is is the way to phrase that. So basically it means individually, you know, as an individual living in the country of New Hampshire, we would on average be the wealthiest population in the or amongst the wealthiest Among, populations yeah, in the world not, it's definitely not the most wealthy population but it is definitely up there in the top like i said top 12 uh, number 13 would be the united states so new hampshire would be just above uh the u.s and these are based on 2021 numbers i was real careful to make sure because at first i was looking at numbers from different years and it's like now i can't compare these because you know, GDP's been going up in the last decade, so you got to get the most recent numbers and then uh, get the get the rundown. Uh, I wish can, I had the can list you re- for you. Re- restate that again. This is what is this exactly? This of the 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 data you're looking at is it GDP in the United it's States per, or capita per capita GDP globally okay. globally of all the countries in the world. Not looking at the U.S. states. I didn't count. Okay. I didn't pull all of those because there are other states that are higher per capita than new hampshire so we're talking about the united states versus the world in terms of gdp per we're talking capita about new hampshire versus the world oh okay so we're talking about exactly what i was talking what i was thinking oh okay i misunderstood okay yeah so new hampshire is number 12 on again i'm not including the other states so it actually probably wouldn't be 12 if we included some of the other states so you're saying if g if new hampshire was an independent country yes if new hampshire was on a, a, right. gd on a per capita basis uh we would be 12th in the world that's correct yep Okay, according to World Bank, uh, yeah. So we'd be one of the wealthiest countries in the world if if New Hampshire was independent. Yeah, let me see if I. Actually, I mean, there's 200 countries. Monaco so. is number one at 234,000 plus dollars per capita. Liechtenstein at 157,000. Luxembourg 133,000. These are very small European uh, countries. And, right, right, uh, right. B- Bermuda, one hundred four thousand. Ireland, one hundred thousand. Switzerland, ninety one thousand. Norway, eighty nine thousand. Isle of Man, eighty seven thousand. Cayman Islands at eighty six thousand, and then the Channel Islands and uh, seventy five. Singapore at seventy two seven, and then it would be New Hampshire. So New Hampshire would be just underneath Singapore as of the twenty twenty one numbers here at the World Bank, and then the United States would be beneath. New Hampshire. Yeah, you know what's also interesting too about those numbers, right? Like currently, New Hampshire is being held back by big time being yeah. in the United States. It would go up. It and would go up for sure. Those numbers would we would attract business. Oh yeah, and money to New Hampshire if we were independent because we could pass laws that differ from the United That's States. That's a great point. Attract business. Yeah, I bet you we'd be in the top five within oh, five yeah. years for sure. Three years for sure. Uh, there's more coming up here in moments. You can join the show. The number is 603-283-6160. You can bring up whatever's on your mind here on Free Talk. On Free Talk Live, we're bringing people to the ideas of liberty every day. From wrestling superstars like Glenn Jacobs. You guys really are having an impact, I believe. Like I said, uh, a lot of where I am now is due to listening to Free Talk Live. You changed my mind on some very important issues years ago. To random people tuning in on the radio. I was kind of stuck in the left-right paradigm. I heard your show by chance on a Saturday night. From there, I went on, joined the Free State Project, and become an amplifier. So, I mean, that's really the reason why I amp is uh, because I know that if it wasn't for you guys being on as many stations as you are, I never would have found the ideas of liberty. 
You can help more people hear the message of liberty by joining Free Talk Live's AMPS program on Patreon for as little as $5 a month. And you'll get access to special perks. Visit amps.freetalklive.com, amps.freetalklive.com. It's Free Talk Live. Phones are open here. You can join us. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. We're talking about independence and getting out from underneath the federal tax schemes that just destroy our wealth as individuals and as a society, just having it siphoned off into these useless bureaucracies that just, you know, basically completely waste the money on whatever stupid crap, including blowing people up, uh, all this unproductive purposes. And you were just touching on this a moment ago, Chris. You were pointing out that when New Hampshire is eventually free from the United States, as it once became free from the UK many, you know, decades ago, a couple hundred years ago, uh, when New Hampshire is finally free from the United States, we will not have the U.S. taxes. We will not have the U.S. regulations, which also impose tremendous costs on business. So you factor all of oh, those. Yeah. yeah, you factor in no more U.S. regulations, no more U.S. taxes, and there's a good chance New Hampshire is going to be at the top of the list or darn near the top for world GDP per capita because that freedom, you know, we'll be able to use the money better individually, even at the state level. I mean, look, I'm no fan of state governments. Yeah. Okay, but the New Hampshire government is like a spendthrift compared to the federal government. New oh, Hamp- for sure. <laughs> New Hampshire's government's like efficient compared to the federal government. So it would make a huge difference. Let's go to the phones here. We got John on the line calling us from Tennessee. Listen to WGOW. Go ahead, John. Hey, buddy. How are you guys doing? What's on your mind tonight? Uh, I want to talk about the Chinese balloons that we suddenly have had encountered our airspace and Hmm. is this going to lead to a new cold war that we'll have with china that will benefit both nations in war spending the the balloons have been coming uh probably for i I don't even know how many i'm sure many 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 decades um these are not new this is just a new issue like where they're making a media stink about it um this is standard kind of uh you know, intelligence, you know, gathering kind of stuff. Well, also, um, there's an economic fallacy in your question, John, which is that spending on war does not benefit the economy. It only benefits the military industrial complex at the price of everybody else being able to do what they want with their money. Right. And that's what I want to know is like, is this something that we're is going to be kind of the hidden 9-11 thing that we don't know about? And is it something that is the government's hiding from us that we're not where the where the private citizen is not known what is going on? And, you know, 9-11 could have been anything. We don't know. I mean, it was a terrible a catastrophe catastrophe whatever um and then this chinese spy balloon just pops up at the end of joe biden's term where he's about to be reelected, and then here we go with this and then i don't know i i don't trust the government one bit at all well that's definitely all. a takeaway here i mean that you can always assure yourself that the government's never going to tell you the truth 
So no. whatever it is that's really going on, you're probably not going to find out until much later. I mean, it took them, what was it, 50, 60 years before they finally, somebody told the truth about the John F. Kennedy assassination and the CIA uh, being involved in, and behind that. So, I mean, good good luck getting good information anytime around when the thing happens. Who knows what's yeah. really going on? Yeah, a, a lot of this stuff is kept secret for 50, 60 years or more. Um, I, I, it's funny because it's... If Make you, sure everybody who did it's already gone and, right. and can't be held responsible. Right. Um, there's so many wars we've gotten involved in where we blew up our own ships or, you know, we basically created the justification for going to war in the first yeah. place um it's false even, flags false flags yeah yeah false the, flag stuff even like even stuff that like i i, I mean i don't know I, I think the evidence is less clear on some of this stuff like like some of the false potentially false flags but like just as an example uh, i think one thing that you know has been kind of debated uh for i don't know at least decades um is whether or not uh whether or not so japan apparently sent us a message declaring war before um the japanese invaded uh, and bombed yeah. hawaii pearl harbor. Just, yeah. pearl harbor as just as yeah. an example and the uh there were orders from uh, like the president or something i believe uh to like basically have the um what is it the the they basically ignored it yeah well, well no, no no but they had the planes turn themselves around so they couldn't take off and it right. might be uh it might have been the case that the reason that that order was given was because they misinterpreted um like they misinterpreted somebody misinterpreted something so or, or like a communication issue between maybe a general and the president and so the threat was interpreted as being like terrorism as opposed to Jap- japanese uh you know striking but it could also be simply you know the sort of the excuse in order to justify going to war with Japan, right? Are you referring to the? Uh, are you th- aware of the McCollum memo? Uh, it might be what I'm talking about. What, what, go ahead. It I'm not sure. Kind of like the, what you're talking about. So the yeah, McCollum I, I mean, memo, my memory might not be perfect yeah. on on some of this stuff. So the McCollum memo was written by the the U.S. federal government. It was essentially a plan on how to manipulate the Japanese into striking first to give the people a reason to support going to war with japan yeah they i don't basically i heard about that yeah they yeah i don't know about them. that specifically but i know there's other there's plans for like anything in every type of anything they might want to do so yeah this was something that you know people yeah, i don't sometimes think sometimes when you leave yourself wide open for attack you know i mean like think about it when was the last time we heard about surveillance balloons this was this has been like the 50s the 60s and then you know, and then all of a sudden, you know, we got satellites. Everybody's got satellites now. The Chinese have satellites. And then all of a sudden they decide to use a bunch of weather balloons. I just don't know if I believe that totally. Well, there might Do be reason. that? I don't believe anything the government says. I mean, the only interesting thing that maybe points to it really being Chinese is the Chinese government apparently acknowledged that it was indeed their balloon. Now, you know, whether that's true or not either, who knows? Yeah. But that's what they supposedly said, if you believe the mainstream they, media. I, I, didn't they say something like it was? they were weather balloons, not that's what like they claim. intelligence? And, but you know what? It's interesting. And they weren't like they weren't intended for the United States. They were intended for, like, I don't know, somewhere else. And they just mm-hmm. kind of took the wrong course or something. But, you know, um, I, there is, I think, a logical reason for possibly using weather balloons uh, or they're not weather balloons, but balloons uh, for surveillance. And it, it may be uh, the result of and I don't again, I'm not sure if this is still true, but there's there's two aspects to this. I'm, I'm not like a satellite expert or anything, but 
um, satellites, they go over a territory, uh, you know, at certain times, you every know, day. right every day. Right. So they're not they're not like um, you you can't find out what's happening at you know 12 o'clock noon every single day unless a satellite happens to be going over that area. But you that can't you find monitor. that out with a balloon either. You can't find that out with a balloon either. Well, I you, mean, you, you, you launch a balloon in the air and it just has to float in the stratosphere for so long. And then it yeah. just kind of has to wander over whatever is so, going over. Possibly, um, you might you might be right about that. I don't know if there's a way. So, so my, as I understood it, these balloons were controlled, so they were really? not. Yeah, they were. They were. They had like motors on them or something, and spinning and huh. something like that. Oh, yeah. Okay. So they're more advanced. I don't think they were the simple weather balloons. That at least that's the idea, right? And that would make sense if you're. If there you're was some kind of electronics on it. it. Looked like it could have been solar panels for for power. Or right. Something like right. That. Exactly. Exactly. Um, but there's another explanation. Man, why wouldn't they spend the money? on a satellite that could do that well they have satellites they, the Chinese they, they got the money to do that and the chinese do have the money to do that so why are they going to waste their money on a weather well, I mean, they got we plenty of money but catch? yeah it is a good question it, it may be that the satellites can't peer through the clouds or they, they can't mm. peer um or they they don't work in certain types of weather or they can't uh they won't be maybe there's a, maybe they have uh, intelligence that says okay at this time and day you know the government the u.s government is going to be doing something and they want to they want to glean yeah, you know, intelligence information and so they'll send up weather balloons because they can't send their satellite let me give you guys um, a, an excerpt so I did here work for the government for a little bit i okay. worked for the government for a little bit and i'm gonna tell you right now you can't believe anything that they say oh no of course they not. give you one piece and then they give somebody else another piece and they give somebody else another piece and then they tie it all together Right, mm-hmm. and, and that's what they for do. So you know it. You know from the inside. Yeah, I did. I I, I do not trust them. So one then, bit. would it surprise and you to learn that in nineteen when was this? Nineteen forty, October seventh, nineteen forty, more than a year before Pearl Harbor. This is an excerpt from the uh, the McCollum memo. This is uh, the later portion of it, part whatever it was, page four, uh, where they get into some suggested things. Here's a quote. It is not believed that in the present state of political opinion, the United States government is capable of declaring war against Japan without more ado, and is barely possible that vigorous action on our part might lead the Japanese to modify their attitude. Therefore, the following course of action is suggested. A. Make an arrangement with Britain for the use of British bases in the Pacific, particularly Singapore. B. Make an arrangement with the Netherlands for the use of base facilities and acquisition of supplies in the Dutch East Indies. C. Give all possible aid to the Chinese government of Chiang Kai-shek. D. Send a division of long-range heavy cruisers to the Orient, Philippines, or Singapore. E. Send two divisions of submarines to the Orient. F. Keep the main strength of the U.S. fleet now in the Pacific in the vicinity of the Hawaiian Islands. G. Insists that the Dutch refuse to grant Japanese demands for undue economic concessions, particularly oil. H. So that was part of the whole embargo, the oil uh, for the Japanese. Right. Cut, yeah. them, cut them off. Right, right, give them right, a reason right. to strike out. Well, they did that, didn't they? Yes, Before they did. the Japanese struck. Yes, the they oil. did. They yeah. embargoed the oil. And it's that was, and that's, that's it's H. always the oil. So here's H. Completely, it's the oil. completely embargo all U.S. trade with Japan in collaboration with a similar embargo imposed by the British Empire. So, I mean, you're talking about an economic act of war, basically, 
against Japan without actually coming right out and dropping bombs against them. We're going to cut off their oil. We're going to cut off their ability to trade with the the Dutch for oil. We're going to cut off all U.S. trade with Japan. And then the the final sentence here is, quote, if by these means Japan could be led to commit an overt act of war, so much the better. At all events, we must be fully prepared to accept the threat of war. It's right there in black yeah. and white, more than a year before well, Pearl Harbor. Do you remember FDR was committed to war before this happened? Oh, he, yeah. Yes. He lied to the American public. He knew that we had to get involved in that war. He <clears throat> knew that. And then... You know that this is something that our government does time in and time out. They've done it ever since then. They have used this ever since then. Think about Korea, Vietnam, mm-hmm. Iraq, Afghanistan. Lies Think after lies. About the lies, the, the, what is it that Reagan committed? The, oh my God, the, uh, Oh, the thing where he traded arms with the Saudis for guns for the South Americans or whatever that mm-hmm. was, the the Contra war, Contra. the Contra, Iran Contra. Mm-hmm. yes, yeah, the Iran Contra, yes, that. Think about what this government does time in and time mm-hmm. out, yep. and how do they always react? They always create something to be in war. There's always a generation at war. That's because they have to have an enemy. Always a generation. They they do. They always do. And there's something that happens, and it's always happens. And it seems like it's when we need money or when we need the government to spend more money. Well, what it is is they just don't want people to realize the real – John, they just don't want people to realize the real threat, which is, of course, the federal government. They're the ones who are threatening us. They're the ones who are hurting us. They're the ones who are imprisoning our friends and our family members for nonviolent, peaceful acts all across the country. They're the ones taking 70% of your wealth every single year and then you know throwing it away on whatever political programs and their buddies and industry. They're the problem. But if they can keep us thinking that it's the Chinese or that it's the Russians or that it's some other external threat or even an internal threat maybe they can you know turn different races against one another or turn the christians against the gays and vice versa thank you john for the call tonight i do i do appreciate hearing from you and the conversation uh that there always has to be some sort of enemy and in 2001 of course the uh, september 11th the enemy became quote-unquote terrorism and then, of course, anyone with the with a turban or brown colored skin was a suspect. Yep. Then in 2020, uh, COVID became the new enemy. And then, of course, everyone is a suspect. You know, if you didn't get your your vaccinations or you're not wearing a mask or whatever. Of course, now domestic terrorism has quote unquote been on the rise again. And so, once again, trying <laughs> to turn Americans against Americans and trying to get people to be distrustful of uh, of one another. And now, of course, Russia. And now China, the latest in in the Chinese uh, quote unquote Cold War, per what that caller was saying, is I don't know if you saw this footage at all, Chris, but in the last 24 hours, there's been speaking of Hawaii, there's been video that has been released from Hawaii or nearby Hawaii of like lasers coming from the sky, allegedly coming from a Chinese satellite. Like green lasers shooting down over the, the, the ocean off the shores of Hawaii. It's creepy. Interesting. Who knows what's really going on there? It could just be some sort of, you know, weather thing or, or whatever, <laughs> some kind of weather detection, or maybe it's something worse.
Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. Well, one thing one thing I'll say is, uh, you know, the the government, even when even when there is a party who is wronging us or 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 our government or whatever, how you want to phrase that. Um, it's often that the U.S. government is not innocent in in the whole no. in the whole thing. Um, I think Japan is probably a good example of that. Mm-hmm. Even if, uh, you know, even even uh, I'm not saying that like Japan was justified in like attacking the United States during World War II, but if you look at history, the United States cut Japan off from its oil, and that is something that they were highly dependent on as an island nation. So you put them into a position effectively where they had no choice. There was literally nothing right. they could do. They in order to survive, they had to they had to react. Desperate. So desperate. they were yeah, you yeah. made them desperate. So it's not like, you know, it's not like the the United States was in, totally innocent. Of course not. Of, you know, innocent but when no they, when the United knew. States was attacked. That's the thing. You're correct, but at the time, no right. one knew that. Right. And no and, one outside and of that's, the Right, FDR administration, and, and that's exactly that's a, kind of the point. It's the United yeah. States manipulated the population yeah. into supporting war. Always, that's, when that's what the United States population was against entering the war. That's that's been true historically, uh, generally, right? Like in uh, World War One, w- Woodrow Wilson, of course, ran to uh, I think it was his re-election campaign, if I recall. Anyway, he ran uh, as uh, as an anti-war candidate and then yep. went to war in, in World War I. So, like, the people elected him to keep the U.S. out of war, and then he didn't do that. Uh, of course, you know, Obama with his whole hope and change and all that nonsense. And then, yeah. of course, he became a plenty of a warmongering president. There's just so many examples. The Gulf of Tonkin with Vietnam, which was a completely manufactured incident oh, yeah. to, uh, to give people the excuse to go to war there. Let's talk to Rob. He's in Vermont. You're on Free Talk Live. Go ahead, Rob. Hey, thanks for taking my yes, call, sir. Ian. And I wanted to, to sort of, you know, uh, help this last person out. You guys were talking about the government and agencies and stuff like that. And and I'm, a, a, you know, an absolute victim, you know, of the state of New Hampshire. And sure. what it is is that these towns that are around, like their states, where all the counties are, the people that work for the counties, they're all cliques. Mm-hmm. You know, and when... You know, these counties, when they get low on money, they just pick somebody or a group out of thin air and, hey, that's somebody that we can get money from. We'll just send them child pornography pictures. Then that way they can get into wherever they need to, take the money, throw people in jail, and it's a racket. Sure, it always has been. I mean, what you're talking about is the good old boys network, right? Like if you're in the if you're one of the good old boys, then you're you're all set. But if yeah. you're if you're not, then you could be one of their they, victims. It, you know, it's interesting. Um, you know, you, you speak of child porn, but um, they do this with all sort. They don't use the same tactic every time. They will switch it around. So this person will get child porn. This person will you know they'll plant some weed on. You know that person. You know they'll they'll come up with some other you know something else that outrages the public. And they'll use that to basically, you know, uh, I, I mean, I don't know. It's always about uh, money, but it's certainly it's certainly used by the powers that be, the politicians and and, uh, you know, the people who are, you know, law enforcement and or, uh, you know, judges and prosecutors. They all use this to sort of climb the political ladder 
and it's 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 routine. It's not like they're doing it. It's not like the prosecutor cares, you know, about the child. It's nothing to do with that because they would actually go after child molesters if that was the case. Um, rather than you know, well, every now and then they do find a cop every that's once in a while. Kids. Sure, sure they do, but it's that's not what they focus on. They go focus on that child pornography because it's it's easy. Um, it's it's something that you know they can plan. It's something that you know it's it's all of that. You know, it's something it's they don't want to do actual work they just want to be able to make it look like they're working and they're protecting people and you know most of the time it, that's just not the case it's you know it, it's just not well and, we saw that in the crypto six case uh, right they weren't protecting the actual victims of the scam artists they didn't even want to investigate the right. actual scammers in right. those cases uh what was the, the one lady got up on the stand the fbi agent she said that she had never caught her job is to catch scammers and she hasn't caught a scammer in 20 something years yeah, that's right uh, on the job how that's is right. it she's never caught a scammer if that's your job and still be employed well she spent five years of her life investigating the crypto six <laughs> well i mean hey get this you know there's a famous detective that's out of new hampshire his name is jim mclaughlin and this is what he does for a living. But yet he never caught anybody at the youth detention center that had molested all those kids for all those years. Mm, yeah, good point. You You're know, referring so to the detective that became famous, uh, or uh, to some level of fame. He was, he was, I don't know if he was the guy who created this whole thing, but he goes on, was going online and pretending to be like teenagers to try to wrap people up in criminal charges. Oh, Essentially, yeah. he was, that was kind of well, what he was. And, and they for. do this. I would only say to people that are listening now, and I'll tell you, my name is Robert LaMontagne. You go ahead and you Google that name, and you'll see exactly what these people do to people across the country across the united states it's absolutely sickening yeah, I mean, thanks rob for the I, call, as i man. understand it. the situation with rob is the guy basically used um going after you know what, what were supposedly creepy guys and um and uh, I don't think that was the case with Rob specifically, but he was going after, you know, supposedly creepy guys and, you know, uh, pretending to be a, a young teenager or something like that and getting them to cry. I don't know if it was to cross into New Hampshire or just anybody, um, but he used this and these guys apparently weren't, you know, the creepy guys that he was arresting them for. And it, it just it only came out later, more recently, um, that his you know this was basically just his way of climbing the political ladder and making a name for himself in the media Mm. so and that's not uncommon this is this is like this is stuff that happens every single day with law enforcement officers with prosecutors um you know prosecutors they 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 want a they want easy convictions and they then use that to, uh, you know, basically climb the political ladder and become judges and things like that. If you look at, for sure. example, the judges, most judges were formerly prosecutors. Yep. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's sick. The way the system works is sick. And it's not it's not even just it's not even just, you know, like politicians and law enforcement, um, you know, people in, you know, the media world often sometimes often also sometimes, you know, take advantage of that. Like th- these sorts of things, um, news reports, like their standard templates for certain types of stories and they just fill in the names. Mm-hmm. It's there. This is why if you start if like if you read a, a bunch of stories about like certain types of crimes and things, it's just it's just fill in the name, fill in the mm-hmm. you know age, fill in. And you if you go and you compare those stories, sure. they're they're based 
they they're the same story. Well, now they're gonna just uh, different now, names. Now them. it'll change it up a little bit because they're gonna have the uh, the AI write the stories. They're not even gonna uh, right, have right. And if you already reporters. have a template for it, yeah. you know, you don't even need AI to do it. But an AI would certainly that might maybe it would help. But it's just a template. Yeah, by the way, uh, in AI-related news this week, it came out that Google has announced that they're going to be releasing their rival to ChatGPT. Google's going to be calling it BARD. Now, I know you're a pretty big, um, you know, you're a skeptic when it comes to this so-called artificial intelligence technology, Chris. You say yeah. it's not really AI, right? Yeah, it's it's more like pattern recognition or mm-hmm. it's, it's it's certain aspects of like what some people would think of as AI. I'm not saying it's not. What I'm saying is it's not, it's not, it's not, it doesn't learn, right? And, and like it's not going to learn something new unless you program it. You might be able to give it some information um, and you might be able to, you know, respond in certain ways, but it's, it's all pre-programmed for the most part. It's not real AI. When you say it's not learning new things, what, how do you know? You can't teach it um, a game like that it doesn't already know okay, as an example. Okay. So, yeah, it can respond to questions and things because it has a database right. and it can recognize certain patterns and how to respond. And it might be responding a little bit differently, but it's still it's still not AI. It's not okay. learning. There's more coming up here. The number if you want to join us. We can still, we got to talk about the DeSantis targeting Disney, Disney World versus uh, DeSantis in Florida. We'll give you an update on that situation. Still to come here on Free Talk Live, 603-283-6160. Free Talk Live. Hey, it's Free Talk Live. We are kicking off the second hour. Phones are open, and you can join us. Coming up, we're going to get into a a, a long-running court battle from a Usenet provider, and we'll explain what that is, because I'm sure most of our audience have no idea what a Usenet provider is, versus the entertainment industry. And uh, Chris has a story about that coming up here. But we did promise, uh, speaking of the entertainment industry, Disney World is under attack by Ron DeSantis there in the quote-unquote free state of Florida. I did say we would talk about that story as well. The number, if you want to join us, though, is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. It's Ian and Chris in the studio here tonight. Uh, but just before we went away to that news break there, I did want to let you know, I just I just begun to tell you about the uh, the new chat GPT competitor uh, that uh, Google is going to be releasing in a announcement this week in a blog post. Google CEO Sundar Pichai, this is according to TheVerge.com, announced the project describing the tool as, quote, an experimental conversational AI service, unquote, that will answer users' queries and take part in conversations. The software will become available to a group of trusted testers, uh, should have been earlier this week, and then will become more widely available to the public in the coming weeks. It's not clear exactly what capabilities BARD will have, but it seems that their chatbot will be just as free-ranging as OpenAI's ChatGPT. And if that's true, then that means it'll be locked down because ChatGPT is highly restricted. There's a huge... Oh, yeah. Oh, have you tried it? 
No. <laughs> oh, okay. You but, just heard things? Uh, but locked down? Yeah. And, well, certainly I have heard things about it being locked down. Yeah. Um, but based on what I just based on what I've heard, it's like locked down on like steroids kind of locked down it's ridiculously uh locked down it's like it's so locked down you can't really honestly call it a chat bot because there's just certain things it won't talk about there's certain subjects it won't address there's certain things it won't do it won't speculate for instance on like you know ask it what might happen in the future it just won't tell you it has. It will not even take venture a guess. And it's not that it's incapable of doing it, as I understand it. It's because oh, it's capable. It's uh, yeah. And if I'm not mistaken, did you uh, try it out yourself? There's some uh, quote unquote jailbreak things that you can do with ChatGPT to open it up, and we uh-huh. talked about that a little earlier this week. So yeah, it can do all of the things <laughs> that it is prohibited from doing. And if you know the right things to say to it. You can get it to open itself up. Amazingly, still to this day, like I figured they were going to lock this thing back down or figure out a way to lock it up uh, within 24 hours of this stuff getting loose because, like, it's it's not a secret at this point. Like, it's an open uh, open hack where anybody who copies the certain text can just unlock this bot and then you can have it start cursing if you want it to. You can have it uh, say things that it otherwise would not be allowed to say at all. So it is completely capable of actually conversing with you, but it's not under its normal chat GPT rules. It's not allowed to. So I suspect Google's is going to be similarly uh, restricted. Screenshot encourages users to ask Bard practical queries like how to plan a baby shower or what kinds of meals can be made from a list of ingredients for lunch. Uh, Pichai writes, Bard can be an outlet for creativity and a launchpad for curiosity, helping you to explain new discoveries from NASA's James Webb Space Telescope to a nine-year-old or to learn more about the best strikers in football right now and then get drills to build your skills. He notes that Bard also draws on information from the web to provide fresh, high-quality responses, suggesting it may be able to answer questions about recent events, which is something that ChatGPT struggles with. And to that extent, uh, that will be a major change or a major upgrade compared to ChatGPT because when they, uh, the training information they used with ChatGPT cuts off some point in 2021. So you can ask ChatGPT about history as long as it happened prior to 2021, and it will know about it. But if you're asking it something about recent history, it is in the dark. It literally doesn't know. So actually having an AI that has access to the internet would be beneficial to you know keeping it up to date and keeping it aware of you know things that are going on. So I think from that standpoint, uh, it'll have an edge up on ChatGPT without having actually tried it. And of course, it is based on Lambda, which is that system that we discussed over the summer where a Google uh, ethicist came out and revealed that he believed that Lambda is sentient. Now, I know that you're going to, you know, you're probably going to laugh at that one, Chris, but that's what he believed about uh, his interactions allegedly with Lambda. He released a chat log. Google subsequently suspended that man and then ultimately terminated him for violating his non-disclosure agreement in that case. So this will be the first time that Lambda uh, has really been released to the public. There was... Um, a couple months ago, Aria was made aware that there was a quote-unquote Lambda app available, like a beta test app, and it was just so restricted and so locked down. It was nothing like what we were, you know, what what was being promoted over the summertime <laughs> by this engineer, by this this ethicist guy. So 
it's it's pretty interesting and i i realize you're a busy guy chris and that you are uh, spending a lot of time running your business over there uh and you got of course you got your own show on saturdays but i would be curious to to have you spend a half an hour just querying uh one of these chat robots just to see what you think about it because your opinions are kind of you're you're an expert on programming but you have zero actual experience yeah. using these I, things so let me back up a moment and i'll, I'll tell you what my ai i i wouldn't call it a background but mm-hmm. okay so i have a computer science degree right. and i have um written some what they would call ai software hmm. but I it's it wasn't actually AI software because it is pattern recognition as you said yeah it's pattern recognition effectively but is isn't really that is. I mean to to it's uh, not gonna learn it's not self okay. it's not gonna learn it's not you know it's not gonna you can't teach it anything well I mean it has learned in that it was being taught- able to recall something is mm-hmm. not the same thing as learning hmm subtle difference though don't you think. I don't. I think there is a clear distinction, and also, isn't there between uh, raw memorization, yeah, and being able to actually understand? And like, I mean, think like, but it can. It it apparently can understand your queries, right? Like, it can. You can give it a lengthy set of instructions, a lengthy query. Okay, and it can so process it's, that. It's not. It's not. So yeah, so I, I I'm saying I'm using the word pattern recognition. I'm not sure if the language model is what you would consider or constitute pattern recognition specifically. Um, I'm not an AI expert, mm-hmm. but I do have a little bit of an understanding of this because I have worked with people who have much uh, who have taught AI and like. Um, like fundamentals AI, like that kind of thing. So yeah. I, have, I have like a basic understanding of AI, but like, don't, I, I, I can't, it, it, it's been, I was in, I was in college in like 2000 and what, three till 2007. So okay. it's been a long time right. <laughs> since I've like touched any of this stuff really. And certainly it's pattern recognition has certainly gotten way better and voice you know how that you know how you can have like voice um uh you, they you what they're calling ai can copy a voice for example with just yeah yeah okay now it's down so, to three seconds right right Mac- so microsoft apparently has something that can take a voice from three seconds a three second sample and can supposedly get all the intonations and the subtleties of that person's right. voice it's amazing so, a lot of this Supposedly. stuff has been around a really long time. Mm-hmm. It just wasn't very good for a variety of reasons. And a lot of it, the technology has, you know, massively improved. Sure. Okay. But none of it, that doesn't make any of it AI. <laughs> yeah, but isn't, all right, to, uh, to play devil's advocate here, isn't pa- pattern recognition ultimately all that we are? I mean, aren't we just really advanced pattern recognizers? No, because you could be taught how to play a game i can't mm-hmm. teach that what you're calling ai how to play a game and you may be right about that yeah I, I, so, i'm not sure about that <laughs> so yeah i mean there's things have gotten better um you know uh it doesn't sound it doesn't sound like i can't do the robot voice but it doesn't sound like a robot voice you know when you're getting you, better yeah. right like all that stuff is getting better right and it, it's not that it's not an advancement it's, it is a, it's a development it's an advancement that's great it's just not ai mm-hmm. <laughs> And that's an AI. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that there's been no advancement in AI, um, like in actual AI. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that almost nothing that 
people talk about as being AI. Because let me let me back up and say I made them. I would say I made the same mistake that everybody in the you know every non technical person and every person in the non AI field that's in the technology field makes. I I did not understand what was meant by AI, mm-hmm. and once I understood it better. I realized almost nothing that we have is really AI, even though AI has made some incremental improvements over the last 30 or 40 years. It's not it's not it's they're, they're really we still don't have AI, even though there's been mm. some small improvements here and there over you know 30 or 40 years. Okay. But yeah. as soon as you can teach it to play a game, then you'll say, okay, now we're now we're here. If it's not pre-programmed, uh, right? <laughs> if it's not pre-programmed uh-huh. by yeah. the programmer, right? Right. Then, yeah, in theory, that would be some form of AI. Mm. Okay. Um, and there are programming languages like where you can write AI stuff, like where you can sort of, I guess, I mm-hmm. I don't entirely, like I said, I'm not, I I, I have no expertise in AI specifically. Um, I've written AI stuff, but again, it's, it's not, it's not real AI. It's, 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 it's nothing more than what they're, what, what they have today. It's, it's more like pattern recognition. In my example, it was like, it was like, um, it it was, it was sort of, um, like there's different ways to write. Oh, how do I say this? Um, you can write a game that seems sort of intelligent. Um, but there's sort of different ways to do it. Some of it is sort of, you can do it through like fakery mm. and it seems intelligent, but you could also do it through pattern recognition. And so in my case, I wrote a simple, I'm trying to think what it was. It was like a hangman, like spelling sort of game. Okay. Anyway, so the computer would act as a player and it used, I guess, sort of a form of like pattern recognition. So it didn't necessarily have to know the word, but based on mm. statistics, it could predict what, the word would probably be mm. anyway. So you could have this game with this sort of seemingly intelligent, um, you know, system, and it wasn't using a, a more of a fakery in order to achieve that. Mm-hmm. And it, it worked, and it was really cool. And this was fifteen years ago, or whatever. yeah. Okay, <laughs> but right. it's not. It doesn't make it AI just because yeah. it seems like you know it's intelligent or whatever. All um, right. All right. Well, it's kind of, you know it's going to be interesting to see how this pans out. And, and like I said, I would love to have you just spend a, a half an hour with it. And I think it might be make an interesting discussion for your show, which of course is Freedom Decrypted, where you talk about uh, technology from a liberty standpoint. Yeah. If you really enjoy uh, you know Chris's perspective on tech, you should check out his show. It's every Saturday about five o'clock Eastern yep. time at freedomdecrypted.com. Video feed. There's audio. There's a podcast version. You can watch the videos later. Of course, we can't watch it live. So head over and check him out there. I think that'll be an interesting discussion for you to have. Yeah, it, it would be. I wish I had the time to actually investigate, like investigate it more. Yeah. Um, I haven't really. I, I have played around with it for like I don't know, fifteen minutes at most, probably. Yeah. So which I have one? a little bit. Which one? Um, I don't remember. Mm. Um, actually, a couple of them. Actually, I have spent a little bit more time. Um, uh, because there's there's different like quote unquote AI. Uh, apps out there right there are, yeah. for for yeah. different things like some of them are for image like creation yep. and some of our are focused on language models there's different ones that's right yeah so i have played around a little bit and i i will say i i was actually not at all impressed with some of the image stuff out there um it was just it just didn't at all impress me um hmm. it and i don't know i just i wasn't at all impressed the um the language the language models um, those were a little bit more impressive, I think. 
Um, and it seemed like it had problem. They both potentially have like use cases, right? So mm-hmm. like like real world applications that they could be applied to. I think, um, and it would be it'll be interesting to see where you know how companies adopt some of that. Um, you know, they're definitely use cases. I mean, there's, yeah, there's yeah. people who are using uh, Chat GPT, for instance, to do everything from write an actual computer program to writing a an email that they're going to send their boss or writing up uh, an essay for a school assignment. Yeah. I mean, it's already it's so effective. It has already been banned by the New York City <laughs> School District on from any school computers. They don't want kids going in there and hammering out their writing assignment in 60 seconds you know, or less. You know what? This is kind of funny because it kind of reminds me of like, I don't know, back in school when like they would when like certain technologies were sort of new i think like spell checkers and things like that and it's like you have to learn how to like i don't know like use a dictionary to look up words and things and okay that's great and i'm not against teaching kids how to use a dictionary but like at the end of the day it is a lot faster to, mm-hmm. to you know look it up on like a device on how to spell something or right click yeah and, you know into a and, and i'm thinking back in like the early 90s before you know computers were so prevalent but it was just the idea that like Somehow, you know, somehow you the, you can never use technology to advance or improve something. And it's like and nowadays it's like That's the whole point of technology. Right. Like like spell Save time. We, we all rely on spell checks, mm-hmm. you know, spell checkers and grammar checkers and, you know, all sorts of different tools. And it's like it's like I understand. I, I understand. And I'm not like arguing that like people like when, when you're learning something like you shouldn't understand the concept. But like if you're writing a program, having a tool like some some sort of AI, I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing. Like it's just it, it all what it does is it saves you time. And a lot of like programming, like like I remember programming like for for um in, in college for classes assignments, and these programs were really, really, really lengthy. They weren't they didn't necessarily like they weren't so really that sophisticated. Yeah, what if you could it, tell it was just it just took so many hours because of how right detailed and complicated they, they what if were, you could but, just tell a, an ai to just you know what the parameters are and write me a program and then boom it, there it is in <laughs> you know 60 seconds or less yeah that, ha- that can happen it, now you can it's crazy you, you can learn the concepts without without having to spend eight hours writing a program is, is what it comes down to and, and i was just always like I, I don't know it's just it was just like oh man this is just like this is just a waste such a waste of time yeah. Uh, that's chart. That's going to start to change real fast. Yeah. Uh, so the number here, if you want to join us is 603-283-6160. We're going to get into a, an interesting case about the recording industry or the motion picture industry going after a technology provider. And, and we're, we'll get into that here in a little bit, but I did promise the, uh, the DeSantis attack on Disney World, an update on that story here from a conservative website. So, of course, they're probably going to be cheering him on in this particular case. But those of us who actually believe in property rights and free markets, which, of course, conservatives would like you to think that they believe in, but then they go on and they cheer uh, this kind of thing. So here's the story. Republican Florida Governor Ron DeSantis has stuck it to Disney by finally seizing control of of what was Disney's self-governing district and informed the company that it has to pay $700 million in debt and start paying taxes. The governor, who has a long combative history with the company, took control of the Reedy Creek Board on Monday. Quote, Florida is dissolving the corporate kingdom and beginning a new era of accountability and transparency, said DeSantis's press secretary, 
to the Daily Mail. Uh, what all that poppycock means, I have no idea because you know it sounds to me like Disney's going to start paying taxes, which means if you thought it was expensive to get a ticket to Disney <laughs> World already, it's going to the price is going to go up. Because now they're going to have to pay insane amounts of taxes, right? Like, I mean, we have our little houses, and I, I think I have to pay, t- you know, too much here on the on this property. I can't imagine what the tax bill is going to be on Disney World and the surrounding various different. They've got like neighborhoods that they run, and there's like all kinds of things on that that property. Uh, the Daily Mail reported, "quote DeSantis will also rename the site, switching its name from Reedy Creek." To the Central Florida Tourism Oversight District. A new bill was proposed by Florida politicians Monday, which would give the governor full control over the district and the ability to appoint the five-member board of supervisors that runs the special district. The nominees would then need to be confirmed by Florida state senators. The proposed legislation would keep in place Reedy Creek's obligation to almost $1 billion of outstanding bonds. The five-member board is elected by residents of the district, with Disney essentially running the district as its own government. With the new rules proposed, if passed, no one who has ever been affiliated with Disney would... I don't know if they wrote this correctly. It says here, no one who's ever been affiliated with Disney would not be allowed to serve on the board. That doesn't make any sense. I think they mean anyone who has been affiliated with Disney right. would not be allowed to serve on the board. Uh, quote, these actions ensure a state-controlled district accountable to the people instead of a corporate-controlled kingdom said the governor's deputy press secretary. It's already accountable to the people before all of this because the people can choose to not go to Disney World. <laughs> and it actually is even more entertaining because there aren't, there. there's no, uh, I'm trying to think, the way Disney actually has control is by not having residential like property in in the land that Disney controls. I'm pretty sure they have that. It's something like that. I'm pretty sure there's houses there. Um, there's there's houses that, that that's on that property that in many cases house people that work for Disney. Um, I I don't know I don't know all the details, but it may not be zoned as residential or whatever because it's a special corporate property. But it's I, all I know people is people live there. All I know is that the way like Disney sort of has control, like they pass the laws, mm-hmm. but the way Disney retains full control is by not having voter. Nobody can vote in mm-hmm. that in that special area that disney has and the way they can maintain that is by not like allowing people to or maybe it has to with owning property or something but uh that's what that's that's my understanding of it i mean Mm. if somebody wants to call in and correct us or if you want to look it up go for it but um yeah i mean it it does claim here in this article that the board of reedy creek was elected by residents of the district that doesn't sound right and disney runs the district as its own government of course, they're almost all Disney employees. That, yeah, that live in this the, the place. whole the whole point of that whole setup was so that Disney controlled the laws and the rules of, yeah. the, of the of the two counties. Right, Disney so, does the power. Disney does the the fire pr- uh, protection. Disney yep. has all of that stuff right. in hand. Right, and it's like these conservatives want you to believe that they care about free markets, but yet this was a great example of a private town, basically a privately run corporate. Town. Oh, you know what? You're, you know what? I, I'm probably mistaken about the way I'm, I'm. I'm explaining it. It's probably it's probably Disney controls who is allowed to vote based on owning 100 percent of the property. It's probably something more like that. Sure. So yeah. I'm probably explaining it a little bit if wrong. If Disney doesn't rent to you, then you're not a voter. Yeah. If right? you don't vote the way Disney wants you to, you don't get to live on Disney property. That's, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. And it's something more like that. It's I think. a corporate town. You know. I mean, of right. course, it's going to be a corporate run system, and it's like, okay, don't live there. 
Yep. You know, you could go live in Orange County or whatever the other one, Osceola. I don't forget which one. There's two different counties that uh, that this place is part of or was part of before they carved it out in like 1960 or whenever it was. There's just not really any history in this particular story, but we did talk about that uh, previously. So this has been it has been this way for decades. It has been fine for decades. And then just because Florida or rather DeSantis in this case decided he wanted to, you know, signal to his followers, you know, essentially it's the, what do you want to call the opposite of, of wokeism? It's whatever the, uh, the right-wing alternative is. What's the opposite of wokeism for, for the right-wing? Right-wing wokeism. What, what is there a name for that? Because that's what this is. This is DeSantis showing how conservative woke he is, <laughs> and he's going to go after Disney because he doesn't like what they're saying. Talk live. Phones are open. If you want to join us, maybe you want to weigh in on the Disney versus State of Florida. Disney versus DeSantis, specifically in this case. Although he's not alone, he's certainly being backed up by the Florida legislature in their attack against the private property of the Walt Disney Company that for decades has owned and completely operated. A fairly large swath, I don't have the number of acres in front of me, but it's big, mm. uh, of land there in Florida. It's larger than Disney World. There's also some you know, places where people live there. Uh, there's hotels. There's, there's all kinds of stuff. There's swamp uh, that, uh, that exists in this area. It's called the Reedy Creek area, which they're now renaming to the Central Florida Tourism Oversight District as DeSantis and his cronies in the state of Florida are just snatching this away from uh, from Disney World, something that they've had control over. And Chris, you did some research there during the break just to find out exactly how this thing was operating. Now, all this is going to be subject to change with the, the pending legislation there. But what was happening as far as the board of directors or the city council or whatever you want to call it there? Yeah, so I'll, I'll read this off. My uh, my, I think the way the article is written was not quite accurate, and neither was my full recollection of what it was. But it was sort of a little a, a little a b being correct. And this article incorrect. is highly biased. It's a conservative yeah. news site. So a five member board of supervisors governs the district. And that is elected by the landowners of the district on a one acre per vote basis. But basically what that means is Disney has control over the whole area. Right. So So they elect the board. Right. Um, The majority of land. So, okay. So this is what it says more specifically. And we'll clarify everything for us. As the majority landowner in Reedy Creek, the Walt Disney Company thus essentially handpicks the members of the board. Mm -hmm. So that's how it happens. That's how they do it. Instead of residents voting. It's the yep. landowners that vote. That's the way that some people would say voting should be, right? Because the landowners yeah. are the ones that have this the skin in the game. The landowners are the one that's that have actually made an investment in any given area. So it's a, it's an interesting setup, and it worked for decades. Worked fine. But- it's it's you know it's an interesting question of like how would a system like that work? Like in the sense that it, what what constitutes land ownership? Right? Like like. If I own, I don't know, a foot by a, a square foot, right? Mm, that's do, a good workaround. Do, yeah. Right? I mean, does this actually have an a, like a real impact, or mm. is it 
Is it? Well, maybe a vote should be weighted then, if that's the case. So well, the more yeah. land you own, <laughs> yep. the the bigger your vote in that right. case. But then, of course, you also have the other the other aspect of this is let's say you went with that, right? Well, then you have basically the top one percent having all the power. And then they can mm-hmm. make laws sure. favorable to them that uh, effectively take away the money from you and I, and we're mm-hmm. paying the taxes, and mm-hmm. they're not paying anything <laughs> because you know the the votes based on who controls the land. Yeah. Well, of course, this is why there shouldn't be any taxes uh, at all. I, no, I agree. No control. Agree. But now Disney World is going to be subject to taxes uh, where they haven't been. You know, one of the the benefits of having their own property that was exempt from the various different Florida rules and regulations was that they didn't have to deal with the taxes. They took the money from their park revenues, issued their own bonds, built their own, you know, things like power stations and uh, fire stations and and that kind of thing. Uh, And now that's going to be taken out of their hands. According to the story here at conservativebrief.com, Jeremy Redfern, the governor's deputy press secretary, is claiming that the state-controlled district will be accountable to the people instead of a corporate-controlled kingdom. Now, I understand that what he's doing here is he's trying to position corporations as bad. But, of course, what he wants you to ignore is that the state of Florida is also a corporation. So you are just moving from one corporate control (laughs) to another corporate control. But the difference is the first corporation, the Walt Disney Company, is a corporation that you are free to avoid. You do not have to buy their products. You don't have to subscribe to their internet uh, streaming television service. And you don't have to go and visit Disney World or Epcot or MGM Studios or whatever. You know what he should have... If Republicans actually cared about taxes, right? Low taxes and all that nonsense, Mm -hmm. right? They claim to. Um, well, I, I guess I yeah. shouldn't say I shouldn't say nonsense. I mean, if, if it wasn't Republicans, I wouldn't say it's nonsense. Yeah. But you know what I'm saying, right? They're full of it, right? If, if they weren't full of it, what they would actually do is take the Disney model and apply it to every one of us. Sure. So we would be the king, king of our own castles. If I bought a property, yeah. I control all the laws on that property. You can't come into my property. That's what you being know. a sovereign is about. Right, right. They would simply apply the rules that Disney basically operated under to everything. Every every privately held piece of land would be your own kingdom, just like Disney. Yeah. This has to do with control. It, you know, this is they want to tax and they want to control. I mean, it couldn't be more obvious. That is the purpose. They're, they're, oh, yeah. they're bragging that they're going to get taxes and that they will be running the Disney World property. So if they want to, you know, one of the nice things about run, owning the property outside of the Magic Kingdom is the roads that are moving cars onto the Magic Kingdom property are nice. Like they're nice roads. If you've ever been to the Disney property, you know that even though if you're even if you're not in the park, you're still on their property. And it's like pretty sweet they keep the roads in good shape well now DeSantis and the the you know the other cronies can let them be just like the rest of the roads in florida and like you know possibly in bad shape and (laughs) make it make it more difficult for people to get to the parks and things like that who knows what they're what they've got up their sleeve that they're going to try to do and this is all because disney is quote-unquote woke that Disney is, they have a particular political viewpoint, and they may very well. I mean, this, there's a strong argument for that. Okay, I don't have to buy their DVDs. I don't have to buy their online streaming service. Like, I don't do that stuff. I don't either. You know? 
<laughs> this is the, this is the this is the kind of the the funny part of this. Like we're looking at it from a perspective that isn't like left, and it's not right. You know, we're yeah. not conservative. We're not liberals here on this show, and you know, but yet we can see all the we can see the political nonsense about the way Republicans and Democrats buy votes. They mm-hmm. buy. This is what they're doing. The guy is buying votes. Yeah. Yeah. He's pandering to a particular uh, political demographic. He's He knows his audience. He knows that these people don't like Walt Disney right now. It's unpopular to uh, amongst the conservatives to like Walt Disney. He knows Florida's turning into a more of a red state. There's been an influx of people that have been moving down there, and he's playing the tune, right? He's the, he's the fiddler, right? He's playing the tune to the rats. He's mm-hmm. hypnotizing them and uh, getting them to do things that they purportedly wouldn't agree with. Like, if you spoke to a conservative and you didn't mention anything about Disney and you just said, you just asked him about, you know, are you against uh, high taxes? Are you against government regulations are you, you know, are you in favor of free markets a lot of them would say yeah they're in favor of free markets <laughs> yep. they're against high taxes they want small government and then if you ask them in the next breath how do you feel about florida taking the disney property back by force they'll probably cheer it on they'll probably say yeah that'll show those woke liberals because they don't actually believe in free markets they only believe in freedom for their friends they only believe in freedom for the people who believe what they believe yeah. those other people they need to have the boot of government crushing their necks they're all he's doing is he's using politics to attack his enemy um that's what they do right that's yeah politics. i mean this is this is this is this is just it's so it's so obvious um from a from a non uh from an un how do i say this an unimpacted like perspective um that isn't isn't biased towards either of the two you know the two-party system um but most people they don't understand that there is like a third or fourth or fifth option you can have other philosophical beliefs that don't align with the liberals or the conservatives wow it gets it gets worse here so the legislation that is being proposed right now would give the board members of the disney district term limits and would place the governor in charge of picking the board members so it's not like the residents are going to get to vote for these people it's not like there's going to be some we're going from one dictatorship to another dictatorship yes this is supposed to be better no well i mean that's what they want you to believe right uh but no it doesn't make it any more accountable if anything it's less accountable through this system it would also place disney as responsible for 700 million dollars worth of debt so that it does not become the responsibility of the state's taxpayers. In May, while speaking at Seminole State College, DeSantis reiterated his promise that Florida's taxpayers will not take on Walt Disney World's debt when and if the Reedy Creek Improvement District dissolves in 2023. He said further, uh, some legislative measures will be put in place to prevent that from happening. Quote, I can tell you this. That debt will not end up going to any of these local governments. It is not going to go to the state government either. It is absolutely going to be dealt with by Disney and the other businesses that are currently in that district. Okay, this fine. Is, you know, you know what this is so similar to? It's it's socialism under you know like uh, Venezuela, right? Mm. You know how Venezuela uh, basically nationalizing nationalizes, so. right? Socialists they like to nationalize business, and then those businesses go under. Mm-hmm. And this is basically the same thing, but coming from the conservatives. They're mm-hmm. trying to say that we're going to take money from Disney, right? But uh, we're not going to pay for the roads that 
um, uh, you know, we're not gonna we're not gonna pay for these things. We're just we're just gonna take money from Disney, and it's like, well, okay, so. How does this work out if it's no longer of interest to Disney because you you've taken mm. the money and, and and the government isn't going to maintain the roads and isn't going to maintain the infrastructure? Well, what do you think Disney's going to do? The Disney's mm. going to leave. Well, that seems unlikely. Well, I mean, the, the, the idea that Disney's going even after all this abuse from the state of Florida, the it depends idea on how bad up. the abuse is. Right. right. Um, right. If the abuse is bad enough. But but you do make a good point here. And that is that Disney paid let's just use their term, their number here, $700 million, right? Like they're in that, there's that much debt. There's, yep. there's bonds on this uh, property to build roads and power structures or whatever, right? Like this infrastructure of running this town uh, that Disney owns, that was, that was invested by Disney and their bondholders. And so now Florida, it's not wrong per se for Florida to say, well, Disney, y'all incurred that debt. You got to pay for it. But what the wrong part is, is they're stealing all those assets from them. Right. So Disney incurred the $700 million worth of debt, upgrading the roads or doing, you know, doing whatever, building parks or whatever with, they're doing. And, with the expectation that they could return a profit from that. Yeah. But yeah. if they're going to take it's the money, snatched. if the government's going to take the money, well, what incentive does Disney have to invest yeah. in the property that they can no longer profit from? Well, not only are they taking the assets, right, because they're taking the entirety of that, uh, well, I guess they're not going to take the property, but they're going to tax it, right? Uh, yeah, I and mean, then, presumably they're not actually doing it to such a degree that it's going to make Disney unprofitable, mm-hmm. but if, if it if it is, if it's, if, if the, I don't know what the numbers are, but if this were as bad as full nationalization, right? You can have partial nationalization, yeah. but yeah, it's not. But if, but if you nationalize it sufficiently, you will undermine the entire town and area. It, it just, it's, it's a really bad idea. What else does he say here? He says, uh, we're going to have a proposal that will make sure that's clear. He wants the state to assume control of the Disney-dominated self-governing body, which has run the Orlando area theme parks for over 50 years. So the question is, what is going to happen to the roads? What is going to happen to the things that aren't, quote-unquote, the park, right? Because Disney had... You know, did they actually own 100% of the land or I see all that. I don't know all the like the ins and the outs of. So there's this there's this board of directors. They have some level of control over this what's called the Reedy Creek Improvement District. And so what does that mean as far as the uh, the pipelines, the sewage uh, treatment plant? Like, are are those going to go to the state of Florida or are those still going to be Disney operated? But now Disney just has to pay property taxes on them. Basically. Okay, so the way I'm interpreting this is you, uh, you know, we pay property tax, right? But in return for those property taxes, the government maintains the roads and the sewers and poorly, uh, poorly, but they do, right? Sounds to me like the state of Florida is going to take money, Mm -hmm. but not provide those services services. that we normally get for our taxes. Mm -hmm. That's what it's sounding like. Yeah. DeSantis wants the state to assume control of the Disney-dominated self-governing body, which has run the parks for over 50 years. He said, most likely, or rather more likely, that the state will simply assume control and make sure we're able to impose the law and make sure we're collecting the taxes, he said. Democrats in the state have attacked DeSantis for going after Disney, claiming the dissolution of the district would force county taxpayers to foot the bill for more than a billion in bond debt. But DeSantis's plan alleviates that concern. He said, first of all, it'd be a cash cow for them if they had Disney referring to the counties. 
but I'm worried that they would use that as a pretext to raise taxes on people when that's what they would want to do anyway and then try to blame Reedy Creek, so we're not going to give them that opportunity. So it sounds like... He, it sounds like what he's doing here is a cash grab for the state of, of Florida. Of course, that's exactly what it is. But So he's saying specifically he's going to keep it out of the hands of Orange County and whatever the other one is, uh, that they won't be able to get any tax benefit from this Disney, Disney-fied area, no. but Florida's just going to snatch it all up for themselves. He wants it in the state budget so mm-hmm. he can pay off his friends his and bribe his, you know, yep. whoever he needs to bribe to remain in power That's it. and not allow the local politicians in the counties uh, that this wow. is, is in or borders or whatever it, it, to gain a, a, you know, a tax revenue from it, Incredible. which would then actually be used to some degree, probably, to th- pay for things like schools and roads and other things. Uh, Thursday, the governor called for a special session of the legislature to finalize procedures ahead of Disney's special tax status coming to an end in June. The GOP legislature voted to strip the company of its status last May, which is probably the last time we talked about this, after the then-CEO publicly opposed Florida's parental rights and education law, which banned schools from presenting LGBTQ curriculum to K-3 through students. DeSantis told the news conference, quote, we're not going to have a, corpor- a corporation controlling its own government. That's what he said. And he said further, the state's going to have a board to run it, so Disney will not have self-governing status anymore. We're not going to bend the knee to woke executives in California. <laughs> all about signaling and all about money and taking that that sweet sweet property tax whatever that's gonna amount to yeah and putting I, it right into his coffers in the state I, and the thing is like okay so here's the thing let's back up a moment i am super critical of disney i mean look look at look at the choice of words i was using earlier i think i think i used the on the show copyright cartel maybe yeah, i didn't that's on the, part, maybe part of that but i certainly yeah. use this word all the time and right. what what does that mean what is copyright cartel code for? Mm-hmm. It's code for Disney. It's code for effectively. They're one of the major members of it, at least. Yeah. Yes. It's there are like six or seven uh, major entertainment companies in the United States. Sure. And they've been um, getting bigger and, and more consolidated right. over the years. And they control all the media, basically, all, yeah. all the entertain, all, like all the movie productions, right. and you know all that, right? And Disney is one of them. <laughs> and they the the Disney controls. The federal government, uh, to a significant degree, and 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 I'll and I'll I'll just I'll give you guys uh, explain what 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 I mean by this. So every time copyright has been extended, because originally most people don't know this, but originally copyright was for the was it was created under the argument that it was a limited time monopoly. Monopoly is literally in the word of, for copyright. Hmm. Okay, um, for uh, a limited time monopoly. For um, the benefit of the for, for, to promote the arts and sciences for the benefit of the public, and basically what that meant was the limited time monopoly would result in people having like uh, scientific uh, and artistic production production basically like more of it right supposedly right that was the argument mm-hmm. okay now. The question is, if you continue to extend copyright to what it is today, and, and by the way, it, they extended it from like seven years to like I think seventy five or something. 20, no, no, no. It, it happened over many, yeah, uh, yeah. many occasions, but to but twenty it's up years, to that now, right? Uh, it's over a hundred and something, like seven years, wow. and that's actually like on top of, I believe, 
the life of the author, but it's like even longer for corporations because mm-hmm. there's no human life. And Disney's uh, been lobbying for this, right? Because they want to protect Mickey every Mouse. Every time that Mickey Mouse is about to expire, yep. the copyrights on it extends. Disney has gotten a federal law passed wow. through bribery or lobbying mm-hmm. at Same the thing. federal level <laughs> to extend copyright wow. to protect Mickey Mouse. Wow. Let's go to the phones here. Neil is in Arizona. We'll talk more about the copyright cartel coming up here in a moment. Neil, you're on Free Talk Live. Hi, guys. How the heck are you doing tonight? What's on your mind, Neil? Hey, uh, well, first of all, that's not what I called about, but I lost all my respect for Disney probably 25 years ago. What happened? Uh, well, you know, they just, they changed, you mm-hmm. know. They lost Walt, uh, Disney, Walt Disney and Disneyland, and they used to be about the love of family and, and children and Annette Funicello and and all that. And, I mean, you can see how much they really don't care about the average family by looking at how much they just charge the average family to get into their park. Hmm. Yeah. Well, I you know, it's uh, the one thing that you, you can't say Disney is bad at is marketing. Sure. No doubt about it. They've uh, they built a brand, and it's it's very effective. But I mean, is it possible that Walt wasn't a good guy either, and that maybe you're just uh, you know you've got these rose colored glasses on for past Disney? Even if he was a no. good guy, he certainly who uh, the people who control Disney now are not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I actually, I actually, I, I didn't know Walt, but I did know Annette, and she just had nothing but love and respect for the man's morals and the way she was treated all the time that she worked for him okay uh, she, she said he was a wonderful man fair enough but uh actually what i was calling about and i wanted to get my two cents in on uh, on the disney corporation sure. but uh uh out here where i live at where i listen to you at you know i listen to you on ktox radio um next monday we want to play an episode of love american style on there and for that, we need your help. Um, we need to get Sarah on our show out here because we've got this guy that calls into our station that is the alter ego of Sarah. His name is Ed from Needles. Okay. And we want to get them on the radio together and, and see if we can get them hooked up. You mean like as an as an item? Like dating? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. They deserve <laughs> each other. Well, I mean, maybe you can. She does currently have kind of a boyfriend, so I doubt you're going to be able to uh, to woo her away. Uh, but it is... I'm sure you can offer her a little bit more handouts. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, what do you want me to do? Try to give her your phone number or something? Yeah, I'm sure she'll call in. I don't care if you have to do it on the air or whatever. Give her my phone number, and I'll give her a day and a time to call into KTOX, and we'll get Ed on there. And uh, it should be interesting. But, yeah, that would be great if you could help me out. All right. Well, I made a, I made a note of your phone number here, uh, Neil. And if we get the chance, uh, we'll uh, we'll offer it to her, okay? Okay. It's always nice to help out one of your affiliates. Thanks, Neil. I appreciate uh, hearing from you. Thanks for the call tonight. Uh, yeah, I'm not gonna. Nor, normally, I'm not gonna play uh, matchmaker here on Free Talk Live, but I, y'all make a special exception for Sarah. Yeah, she's a special, special lady. Uh, that's the story with the D- the Disney thing. I think we've we've covered it pretty effectively here. It's really sad, though. I mean, and I doubt we're gonna have any conservative types call into the show tonight to defend this. I mean, because it's indefensible from the perspective of what should be the conservative support of markets, right? Because supposedly 
conservatives like you to believe they believe in free markets. And we know that's not true because we know <laughs> they're in favor of drug prohibition. We know yep. they're in favor of restricting uh, the, the prostitution uh, market and gambling. All these things that they don't like. Oh, well, 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 we don't need a free market in those things. Well, okay, well, then you don't have a free market. Well, okay, well, we don't like Disney's viewpoint on things, so we don't think they deserve to have a free market. Oh, okay, so <laughs> I see how it is. So only the people who agree with you, the only the people that have the religious viewpoint that you have, that have the you know cultural uh, perspective that you have, mm. only they can have a free market, huh? What a load. I mean, why anybody thinks this guy, this DeSantis, he's been calling it the free state of Florida. Do you know? Did you know that? Really? Yeah. That's laughable. It is laughable. Wow. But the, the sad part is people believe this dude. They heard they, wow. they heard somewhere that this guy didn't require masks, even though he did lock down the state and he did, you know, crack down when it came to COVID. Oh, I certainly heard about the, the lockdown or, or yeah. the lack of a lockdown, I guess. Well, no, they did have one. They did. That's true. They did. And they then did. he reversed course. Right. right. He reversed course because he's a politician. Well, he's a snake. What was interesting about Florida, though, the lockdown in Florida was it was like a thousand times worse than anywhere else originally. They actually stopped cars on the highway. They did, yeah. On Early the freeway. On. Early on, yeah. Yep. Trying to go into the state. Yep. They, they had state troopers there. We reported on that. Uh, but he reversed course and when he realized it would be more politically beneficial to him to take the other side. Because mm-hmm. he's a snake. He's a politician. Yep. He's a slime bag. And he certainly does not believe in freedom, as proved by the the Disney story, among others. Hour three is coming up. Free Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live, and we are kicking off the third hour of the show. The phones are open. You can join us here. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. I want to say thanks to Sean Paul, who is a Free Talk Live silver supporter of our AMPS program. Sean contributing uh, 5 bucks a month to AMPS, which stands for Advertise, Market, Promote, and Support. It's a way for you to get behind what we do here at Free Talk Live. If you appreciate the fact that we're here seven nights a week talking about the ideas of freedom and peace and Liberty and cryptocurrency on broadcast radio all across the United States, then you can help us out as Sean has done at amps.freetalklive.com. AMPS.freetalklive.com is where you can go to get signed up. It's our Patreon, and it's as little as five bucks a month. And you get some perks. You get access to the uh, supporters only podcast, which has the full radio show without the recorded commercials, and there's some other perks as well. Just go to amps.freetalklive.com. Let's go to the phones, and then we'll get into, uh, Chris, your story. We're going to find out about a 14-plus-year-long fight over just trying to share files on the Internet. Uh, But first, we got this caller. Caller, you're on Free Talk Live. What is your name? Hello. Ian, it's uh, David, Jackson, Michigan. David, you're on the air. What's on your mind tonight? Tell you what, like I've told you before, I Catch us on WKHM out of Jackson. Yes, sir. Great station. Usually at 9 o'clock. Indeed. Last week, we talked about the Chinese balloon that finally got shot down. Yeah, after it had traversed the entirety of the United (laughs) States. Yes, you remember. Of course we remember. Yeah. Now, evidently, what little blips of news I get, and I haven't dug in too deep because I'm kind of busy with a broken hand. Anyways, 
Okay. Why is this newest one shot down over the Aleutian Islands? And heck, I, the, the, I think it was a the, the, wasn't a defense secretary. It may have been a spokesperson. Said, well, it fell on the water which was frozen. I'm thinking huh? it fell on the water which was frozen. Now, what kind of language is that? Anyways, yeah, that oh, doesn't yeah. make any sense. I thought it got shot down over the ocean. Yeah, I thought it got shot down off the coast of uh, South Carolina. This is the second one that's happened in the past about 15 hours. Oh, so it was a different balloon. Oh, yeah, okay. okay. Yeah, well, with they didn't describe it as a balloon, and that's one of my questions is, huh. well, if the first one was a so-called balloon, it's awful cold at 80,000 feet, and what kind of fuel are they running in these things? First Solar. Of all? Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe, but... Uh, maybe well, that, that's what they advertised. Are. That's what the news reported it as. Oh, yeah, and of course, what news are... I mean, it could be wrong, but... but... And they often are, so <laughs> you got a point. Right. <laughs> you got a point, yeah. Sure. Right. And, you know, if that was the size of two buses or what the little report's coming out, but the second one, just 15 or maybe 24 hours ago, hmm. they picked that one off at the uh, and landed on hard water. That's about how we <laughs> described it. And I said, hard I can do a better job than that. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I did. I do recall seeing some kind of headline that there was some some object that the uh, the military shot down near Alaska. So that's the one you're referring to. Yep, this just happened. I'm thinking, well, and they said it was about the size of a car. Mm-hmm. Well, a car, okay, a yeah. car. But they don't know it's Chinese. But they knew for sure the other one was. Well, and supposedly the Chinese back. government acknowledged the last one. Yes, and they want it back. <laughs> well, good luck with them on uh, on that one. David, anything else you want to share tonight? I don't know. I really don't want to go into too heavy a politics. Uh, what's shaking? Let me ask you guys, what's shaking out New Hampshire? Oh, well, it is uh, right now. It's political season here. The politicians are, you know, they're having their session at the state house and the senators and such. So legislation is being heard. There's public hearings. Uh, there's testimony. And so that's the kind of that's the time of the year that we're in right now for New Hampshire. A lot of political action is uh, is going on here. Yeah, there's there's some uh, interesting nullification bills that uh, it got some really interesting responses, actually. Um, what are you mean nullification the- bills? You're talking about the one, Chris, that uh, sort of, uh, what was it, HCR3, I think, was a resolution that would essentially say— I guess it wasn't a bill, but yeah. I mean, it's a bill, but it's not a law. It's not going to be a law. It would just be a a statement statement. or or whatever, a resolution that would essentially resolve to—and I don't have the wording in front of me, but essentially, you know, say, hey, we are a sovereign state and, you know, we uh, we have power over the the federal government, essentially, kind of. I think so. Yeah, there was there was something interesting said about how it was like unconstitutional or something, which is yeah. I thought really it was funny. An, it was an eighteen to zero vote in the committee to uh, what they call ITL or uh, essentially kill the bill. Now it still has to go to the full state house. It may get pulled onto the state house floor for a full discussion. So we've yet to, you know, the full vote hasn't happened yet on right. this, but uh, but the committee bill, uh, the committee hearing did happen. Thank you, Dave, for the call tonight. I appreciate it. Uh, we continue here. David in New Mexico. You're on Free Talk Live. Two Daves in a row. Go ahead. Yeah, I hear you talking about the, the government 
question in Florida, Disney, all of that, in addition to every other government question. And I dare you to have an honest conversation on this one. The country was set up, and this is where you need to have a conversation. Otherwise, just a, just a, a dispensing with it with one statement uh, won't, won't do it. You need to have a conversation. Otherwise, it's not valid. The country was set up to give you everything that you say that you want, that you're trying to get. And, and the people that set up the country even warned you that some, some MFers are going to come along repeatedly and, and break the law and try to take it from you. And they did. And they said that you need to guard it jealously and you need to have frequent uh, combat if necessary to the point of every 20 years you might have to fight uh, people that are coming in and trying to steal it from you. You need to guard it jealously. And what's another one? Water the tree of liberty with the blood of patriots and despots or whatever it, whatever it is. Yeah, I'm happy um, to talk with can... you about this one, David, because I don't think that violence is uh, is the solution. I know that there are people that do. Um, I'm not saying well, that it's wrong to defend yourself. I think that that's you know, acceptable, but there's a certain— It is self-defense. Well, I understand that argument as well, but a lot of people aren't going to see it that way. They're going to see it as okay. as illegitimate. Okay, let's not. Let's not. I don't want to waste a lot of time on the violence aspect of it because if you do it right, you don't even need violence. Do what? All you have to do is force them out uh, in many different ways, and it's and it's very uh, detailed. It's not like I can say. You know, do A, and it's all, no. Well, that's why we're trying to secede from the United States. I mean, that's the best way to force them out. But that's not going to solve it. That's not going to solve it. What do you mean? Um, Why not? I think it's a a great uh, idea in the spirit of it. Yeah, well, I mean, that's how uh, how America did it, right? Like, we seceded from the U.K. Yeah. They didn't like it, but we did. Yes, yes, yes. But it's two different things. If you start putting making a patchwork of the United States in the current world environment. If I'm China, for instance, if, if you're New Hampshire and you actually succeed and the United States says, so long, good luck, mm-hmm. and, and you have your open borders policy, this is just one, one little thing of a bunch of things that can be done to you. So now you've got open borders. I'm China. I'm sending one billion Chinese <laughs> no, you're not. to come live. Huh? No, Why wouldn't not. I? That's, that would be the whole country not. of China, and obviously that's not going to happen. No, 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 no. It, it would it would not be the whole country, but just about to, to, to for the sake of you know I'm not going to let's not let's not do on the the minutia. Let's say half of China. Then let's say 500 million. What if I put 500 million <laughs> Chinese in New Hampshire and use it as a military base? What what are you going to do about it? Well, there's people with guns here, David. You understand that, right? 500 million people. With there's not that many aircraft guns? carriers, dude, in China. That's not going to happen. Why wouldn't it? If you got open borders, why would I not come and take you? Because you have to have somewhere to be. You have to rent a a house or buy a house or whatever. The the Chinese are barely able to cross the sea. Okay, you think they're going to cross the ocean to invade New Hampshire? First of all, the the U.S. government wouldn't allow that. They would invade before the Chinese got here. Plus, New Hampshire's on the other side of the world from China as well. Right? They they wouldn't have to keep. This is the the funny thing about like New Hampshire. Like, there's there's just there's no threat to new hampshire it'd be in new hampshire's independence if it were independence yeah. other than like the united states itself agreed okay agreed. let's go back to the let rather rather than continuing to go down that do you remember the original proposition that i brought to you was not new hampshire and secession in china 
The original proposition is if you had jealously guarded what you had uh, post-1776, you wouldn't be in this position today. Well, it's too late. I mean, the people didn't do that, so here we are. it's not too late. No, it's not too late. What do you propose? I, I told you there's a there's a, a hundred or a thousand different things to do, and it'll take a little bit of time to discuss it. Well, name and one. I'm happy to begin. Pardon? Name one. Okay. Start with one. Start with one. Yeah, just don't give us one. Anything? Don't ever buy anything again from a corporation that's in in involved with the U.S. government. Good luck with that. Yeah, let me let me yeah, tell you well, something. See, you see, can't even lazy. buy. You're too lazy. You, no, no, no. <laughs> no. You're 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 giving us an impossibility. Okay, let me let's back up a second, no, right? No, you I'm could not. go live out David in the goes. woods did, like did, uh, look, David look, does. Did I can have, explain. Did you have great. I can explain why. Putting them on okay. hold. Go ahead, Chris. Uh, let, I can. I can. I have firsthand experience with this. I am a small business owner. Mm-hmm. It's a corporation, but yeah. I'm a small business owner. Okay, we we have less than ten employees. Okay, um, we have some contractors too. But don't, anyway, point is, we're a small corporation. Every single business of any size, anything that's a corporation, is basically doing business with the U.S. government. <laughs> This includes us, and we're not talking about just one federal government agency. We're talking about multiple federal government agencies. We're talking about like the nu- people you've never even heard of, like mm-hmm. the nuclear. Uh, I don't even know. Like what? What are the, what's the nuclear the energy department of energy? Okay. Um, NOAA. You know the weather guys. Um, I'm trying. I'm trying to think who else. Uh, the Chris, you're just enabling FAA. the federal government. See, if you would um, just stop selling to the federal government, then <laughs> that would bring them down or well, would at least help bring them down. Well, back up a moment. Okay, so first of all, you're talking about a government that has a if, – if we don't provide them with something that only we produce, they can literally just go and buy a whole company – much larger than us mm-hmm. and do the same effective thing if they need something. So why shouldn't you make the money? Right, exactly. Yeah. It, it doesn't it doesn't work. I mean, I'm not against like like not buying from Disney or like not participating to the degree that you could reasonably like somehow stifle something, yeah. but it doesn't it, it it isn't necessarily rational to be like, okay, if government let's say taxes for example, if the government is going to force at a point of gun money taking money from you, right? Refusing to take services in return isn't isn't going to somehow magically make the government go away. No, it sure won't. Um, what you're doing is you're effectively getting a small percentage of your own money back. So it, it, it's it's, a, it's it's just a feel good move, right? You right. Know, that's all. It's yeah. I'm gonna bring David back on for his response. Go ahead, David. Yeah. Well, there's there's lots of responses, but first of all, you've you've already quit before you've even tried. Um, the and and Chris or anybody, do you happen to have had Great great grandparents or great grandparents? Probably, yeah. Doesn't everybody? I mean, how else would you how be much, here? How much? How much business did they do with major corporations? Just for one instance. So what you're advocating is to get back to the land, right? Because you live on no, in like a no, hut. No, no, uh, no, 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 no. <laughs> okay, okay, build your so own house. You, you, is Marty? that what you're suggesting? Don't contract with anyone. Do everything yourself. Is that what you're saying? No, you don't have to do everything yourself. The 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 Amish uh, actually are a good example. If you want to, if I can try to detach <laughs> you from getting back to the land, because mm-hmm. they're also business 
persons other than agriculture. They just happen to recognize the value. How big is too big when it comes to a, cor- a corporation? How big is too big for you? The well, I, I use the descriptor of corporations that are intertwined with the government. But Chris just gave you an I example said. of how it is that he, who has a small company that has less than 10 <laughs> right. employees, is quote-unquote right. intertwined with the government because he services right. them and sells them products. Further, Chris also right. buys products from China. Right. Right. <laughs> like, how do you— so, so, you're, so you're part of the problem. You're cutting your own throat. Where is he lot. supposed to do? Is he supposed to, <laughs> uh, to build an entire manufacturing plant in India know, so as to people, make you happy? people that made— did the people that made this country for you to live in comfortably, did they sacrifice anything? <laughs> look, look, I, I am not against, like, I am very much a fan of resistance, right? But what I'm trying to say is this is not resistance. This Just isn't, not doing it, business with somebody or whatever? It, it, look, it's not going to, like, make or break my company, right? Like, it's it's... Uh, I'm trying to think. Not like, buying from China will break your company. I mean, that would absolutely undermine every single thing yeah. we do because you cannot operate without doing. First of all, you can't operate without other corporations. Okay, as a company, but as an individual, you can't operate without other other um, uh, corporations too. Mm-hmm. Because think of it this way. Okay. If you go to pay your taxes, and I'm just assuming we're not just going to be total little outlaws and like live on government land and you know build houses on government land. Mm-hmm. Assuming we, we we at least comply like to some degree with the law. If you're going to be paying your taxes, how do you intend to pay the government your tax bill? Right, you're going to have to interact with either a bank to you know get a check or something mm-hmm. of that nature because the government ain't going to take anything other I'll than take cash. Uh, uh, Interesting, which They'll is which is government, yeah. right? Government money. That's government money, right? So, Issued by the Federal Reserve <laughs> right. Corporation, right? <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, the this I I wasn't even going to that level. Mm-hmm. I was just thinking like, okay, I'm going to have to interact with at least a bank or a website or something, right? right? In order to and and who's running that website? It's probably a contracted out corporation of some kind, mm-hmm. and they're licensing software from a corporation of some kind. I mean, almost every. Thing you do, even if you were to like buy a piece of land, you're gonna end up having to interact with corporations, both government and like just ordinary corporations, like oh, you know, maybe not Walmart, yeah. but certainly some corporations. Yeah, none of these things that he's proposing. Thank you, David, for the call tonight. Are going to do anything to stop the tyranny of the of the state? I'm sorry, and it's not to say that you shouldn't try to like go more local in certain areas, like. You know, I like the idea of buying local uh, farm goods or whatever, and that's actually fairly popular here in New Hampshire. There's a farm uh, that's called Bardo Farm that's run by Free State Project uh, Early Movers that, uh, you know, they do a great job of providing a lot of the people in the freedom community with freshly butchered meats and things like that. And those those are available and they're more costly. But if you can afford to do it, then why not? That's fine. Yeah. And and that's the thing. It's like there's nothing wrong with trying to, you know, focus on, you know, the mom and pop stores. And I would certainly not discourage it. It's just there is. Yeah. When I go out to eat here, I'm going to local mom and pop businesses instead of Burger King or whatever every time. Right. And, and, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of interesting because like i'm you know if you want to talk about like an extremist but not in the not in the violent sense but a different form of 
quote unquote extremist. You can sort of call me an extremist in the in in the sense of like privacy and certain sure. other areas. Like I go out of my way you do, yeah. to you spend insane time. degrees. You spend time I, and money to retrieve privacy. Right. And I, I don't have a cell phone with a SIM card in it. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it has a SIM card in it. But the cell phone, the cellular part is off, right? So I can't make or receive calls without mm-hmm. you know, Wi-Fi. You in order Wi-Fi, to, right? you know, with, with I can connect to Wi-Fi, yeah. but but not like, and I could make calls maybe over Wi-Fi. But the point that I'm making is that is an extreme step, is, right? Um, so I certainly would advocate taking, you know, steps, not violent, of course, mm-hmm. um, steps to resist, but that doesn't necessarily mean that everybody is going to be able to do the same thing or, yeah. you know, we can all work towards the general goals of, you know, freedom and things of this nature and we don't all necessarily have to do the same thing even certainly and nor it, will that ever happen right it'll never happen anyway but certainly and we can certainly try and work together to some degree too but if you're if, if your starting point is not doing business with any corporation <laughs> it's good luck with that good luck with that yeah I'm i mean that's the, the most here. hypocritical thing i think i've heard this year yeah it's pie in the sky it, it's it's, it's yeah Let's go on here, though. You're on Free Talk Live Caller. What is your name? Oh, 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 oh it's Sarah. Oh, hello, Sarah. <laughs> What's on your mind tonight? I'm just joking. I'm just joking. It's CW from KTOX. CW, what's on your mind? Well, Neil messed it up. He was supposed to give the number really quick, 855-586-9134. If Sarah heard that, Call in around two to five. Well, she's on. I'll tell you this right now. Uh, she's Go on ahead. hold right now. So whatever it is you're well, saying to her, do you want me to bring her on with you? I'll bring her on with you. Here, hang on a second. Here. Well, no, no. Just, you don't want to talk to her. Eight five five. You're trying to give her. You're trying to give her a phone number. I want you to. I want you to make the pitch to her. Do you want here? I'm just gonna okay, put her on here. Here's Sarah. Okay, okay. Sarah, okay. you're on with CW. He he wants to invite you on a radio show. Are you willing to call in? Um, you know, you know something. What what state is he in? It's Arizona, California, Nevada, tri-state area, K-T-O-X. Oh, you're, you're a, um, a radio host? And, um... I'm not. No, he's just a listener, but he thinks that you'd be a, be a good caller of one of their shows. And you like to call talk radio, so he's trying to turn you on to a new show, Sarah. Would you call it? Uh, yeah, uh, you, you know something? I, I'm, I got my hands full. Oh, you're just too busy? You're too busy? too busy. Seriously, I, I am busy because uh, you know what? I I gotta let people know what's going on here in New Mexico. I thought this was your job. I thought your job was to call talk radio and promote the things you want to promote in New Mexico. Why wouldn't you want to promote it to Arizona? Well, I just um, I just one more thing that you gotta learn how to do. I, I already. What got do you mean you gotta learn how to do? You dial a phone number. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'm happy. I'm happy with uh, what I got with you guys. How many other stations do you call? Because I've heard a rumor you call other stations, not just Free Talk Live, right? Well, you know, I I used to call KKOB until they kicked me out. Right now they don't we even... don't kick anybody out. Stop it. That's a lie. We kick no one out. No, no, no. She, she said KKOB ten times. She said KKOB. She wasn't talking about KTOX. Oh, uh, I was going to yeah, say yeah, KKOB. Anyways, yeah. I'm hanging up. Bye. All right. Thank you. Thank you, CW, for the call here tonight. All right, Sarah, uh, are you still there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, like, what other stations do you call? Is it serious? Seriously, are you just calling Free Talk Live, or are you calling some other shows? Well, I mean, once in a while, I get through KKOB. Okay, but they banned you. Pretty much, they don't don't take my calls. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they only, like... um, That's it? They just... 
You don't you don't call any of the other stations? Not anymore. Not anymore. So we're your only call. Well, pretty much. I mean, why would you turn down? I don't understand this. Why would you turn down that gentleman? And he wasn't the only one. There's a guy earlier, and I'm going to give you off the air. He gave me his phone number. He wants you to give him a call so he can connect you with this other talk show in Arizona. But I, I don't understand why you would just turn your nose up at well, that. I, I have a lot on my mind, like doing my network marketing. I have to, you know. All right, hold on. I want to talk to you about it. <laughs> Hang on, Sarah. We're going to continue here in a moment. She's uh, like she's starting a business now. She's too busy to call talk radio, apparently. The number here is 603-283-6160. I I guess we should feel honored by her (laughs) presence. It's Free Talk Live. It is Free Talk Live. The phones are open here, and you can join us. Uh, the number is 603-283-6160. Here tonight, it's Ian. And Chris. 603-283-6160. You can bring up anything you want. And if you appreciate what we do, in addition to the AMP program, some people have been saying they don't like Patreon. They know that you know, they're just another one of these big tech corporations, that they can cut us off at any moment, which is true. It's all true. Um, we went with Patreon because our website had to get blown up a couple of years ago, and it was just the easiest plug-and-play solution. And we used to spend thousands of dollars, tens of thousands of dollars, developing our own systems for these things, and now there's a website that does it for you. So we just plugged them in because it was convenient. Uh, but there is now another option, and we have the opportunity to take on subscribers through our Odyssey channel now as well. So if you visit us on odyssey at video.freetalklive.com and then you just click the join button right there at the top of the page then uh you do have to be logged in but it'll it'll take you through that process and then it'll allow you to subscribe to free talk live's channel for as little as five bucks a month so just like with the amp program there's just you don't get the same benefits per se on odyssey you'll get like a special badge for the chat room eventually we might turn it to a, a members only chat which i think would be pretty cool because there's always these trolls in there that are there every single night and they just they're so repetitive i think they might even be robots because they just put in the same exact chats every single night and it's just so boring to uh to have these people in there uh it also seems like the same person with three different accounts just talking to themselves so Mm -hmm. like if we went to members only chat that would probably wipe those people out and it would actually might might make the chat more interesting but um, I don't know if we have any people who've joined this yet. If so, then it's not sending me emails to let me know. So I'll have to check in and see if we've actually had anybody uh, jump into that. But if you want to support us directly without going through Patreon, then this is a way to do it. I mean, obviously, there's no t- d- true direct when it comes to charging a credit card or nope. a debit card. <laughs> but there is having more than one option, right? More than one iron in that, in that fire. And so if we were to lose Patreon, we would still have Odyssey because it's not the same solution right it's not the same credit card 
uh, provider or the credit card merchant provider. You could probably so, self-host um, something, but you still have to have a merchant. You account. still have to have that merchant yeah. account, and that can get cut off. And that's what happened with our credit card uh, provider Processor? two yep. years ago. Was they cut us off? Yeah, or your yeah, yeah. After like more than a decade of working with the same company and having no issues, no chargebacks, nope, no problems whatsoever. Just all of a sudden, it was like, well, oh, we're that's done. that's a that's definitely a Fed whispered in the ear kind Absolutely. of uh, <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, situation. Uh, so check out our other option, which is uh, Odyssey. You can check them out at uh, video.freetalklive.com. And again, click join right there at the top of the page, and we certainly would appreciate it. As we continue here, let's go back to Sarah in New Mexico. Now, Sarah, you were explaining to us why you are just too busy. We actually had two callers tonight uh, call in. One was One was while you were on the line. You heard him. We brought him on with you. The other one was actually in the, I think it was in the last hour, maybe the beginning of this hour. The other caller was the one who told us there's this other show and there's this caller and they thought that you might get along really well. So they wanted you to call this other show. Uh, But you're refusing to do so because you claim you are too busy to call any other shows. That we are the, basically the only show with the exception of an occasional local station that you call from time to time uh, that uh, you're just too busy to take on another calling uh, duty. Right. Well, because I've been calling our state representatives on the HB 22, that bill. So I called about 50 or I call about one to three or five per day. So that takes a lot of my time. And plus, I'm doing that network marketing. You know, I got to go and find out what the addresses are and go bring products. And so I got my hands full. So you're actually running the business now? You're running the uh, network marketing business? Well, you know, I'm just a customer, but I have a, a sponsor. I mean, he wants to sign up people. So he, he signs them up and he puts them under me, so I get rid Oh, of I see. So so you've got the guy that you signed up under. He's trying to stack customers underneath you, and right. that way he'll make some more money and you'll make a little bit of money. Is that the idea? Well, all I get is uh, free product dollars. Mm-hmm. He actually mm-hmm. makes money. He gets fifty percent of the first three months, but I see. he can find them out because I, I don't want to. I don't want to be the enroller. so you're not so going around. Me. You're not doing the prospecting. You're not trying to find the customers. He's doing all that work. No, I'm. I'm the one that find the customers and I like, turn them over to him. How do you do it? How do you find? How do you find those customers? So I just talk to people at different things and I give out little samples, of lotion mm-hmm. and soap and uh, catalog. And talk about how give out my business cards if they're interested. So you have business cards, but you're claiming you're not you're not trying to run a business. Well, I got. I mean, but if they're interested, doc, doc, I mean, Doctor Phil. I mean, oh, I wouldn't. He, he's the one that signs them up. Doctor Phil. Anybody. Well, that, that's he. That's his title. I mean, his. Um, chemistry he's got the phd in chemistry i see see. okay so you're basically you're doing work for this guy and then he'll sign people up underneath you and then in theory if they sign people up underneath them then you'll benefit from that right so i got 30 spots five lines on the first line and and 25 on the second line what happens when you get so much and let's say this works out for you sarah i mean i know that you're saying that uh, <laughs> I get, I get forty loyalty dollars, and I'm not. So I'm wait, not wait, 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 hold on, hold on. You got two people underneath you right now. Um, I think I got one. One person, okay. And they're buying. Are they buying on a regular basis? Are they buying every month? 
Right, monthly commitment, 35 mm-hmm. points. And so you get points that's only good for product. You don't get you don't get dollars out of that. Well, I if I want to get money, I have to sign up at least one customer myself. Mm-hmm. And then I could get that two two lines in cash. But okay. I just wanted in loyalty dollars. Yeah, yeah. And then you can buy product with the loyalty dollars is the idea? Right, right. To okay. me, it's the same. If I could buy what happens if he puts well, – I mean, let's just say this works out for you. Let's say this guy puts 10 people underneath you, and then you're mm-hmm. getting in 1,000 loyalty dollars per month. Can you, can you spend that in product, or are you going to be – can you do something else with it? Well, I think I, I could only get about maybe at the most uh, 90 to $100 free loyalty products. And then what happens? No, but – no, if I if I want to make it in the money, I have to sign up eight people to get seven percent. But seven, wait, wait, seven, wait! Eight. What happens if you make more than a hundred loyalty dollars in a month? What happens then? You just you're maxed out. You can't make any more. That's correct because I only get three percent. No, okay. I, I only get seven percent from thirty people, and they only order about. 35, 50 points, depending on if they order 60 points. All right, I'm getting a little lost points. in all the numbers here. Chris, did you have a question? Yeah, for let me ask you this, Sarah. How many hours a week are you putting into this? Well, yeah, just uh, I'm bipolar, so I just do what I feel like. I, I, I don't count how many hours. Okay. I, I really <laughs> is it, calling is it... and taking OB, but they stopped calling my call. They stopped t- talking to me. Do you think so, you put in more than a couple of hours a week doing this? I just do, I just do a little bit here and there. I don't I don't count any. I just do it for fun. I don't I don't know what hours I put in. Well, I mean, you did Sarah say that you're spending all your time on this, and I mean that's true. That was her excuse for not making a phone right, call is, to a radio station. Trying to understand how much time are you putting in this? Because you know, Good putting question. a lot of free labor into someone I don't know, else's business. You know, somebody else's business. I mean, it's kind of interesting because there's labor laws, right? <laughs> So, but the thing about it is that well, I she's not an employee. So the, is that I, I believe isn't that I'm, slave I'm labor then? Though no, she's volunteering for this person isn't basically that illegal. No, like, it's it's a volunteer work. Like if I wanted to show up at your place, you can't and just volunteer clean. for my business without sure me paying you. Yeah, I can. I can just be like, hey man, I want to clean up. Your, I don't think your the law agrees with you on that one. <laughs> it's not yeah, a contract. I'm just anyway. Look, I might agree with you or, from a philosophical perspective, but. I maybe, don't think the government's going to agree. Maybe on you'd you on be that. contracting with me. I want to come clean your uh, your basement or something like that. And I'm going to pay you at least seven twenty five an that's hour. That's if I'm an employee. No, but the churches <laughs> do that. The churches they want people for free. They don't want to get paid. It's volunteers. But you know, I Sarah, have- you dodged Chris's question. I mean, <laughs> your your original point was that you were not going to call the radio station K Talks in Arizona, California, the tri- the tri state area there. You refuse to call that station, even though you could get the word out about what's going on in New Mexico, which you say is part of your mission. You said you're just too busy running this business. But then when he asked you how many hours a week you're putting into it, you refuse to answer, acting like you're just doing it here and there. So what's the well, truth? I, don't I just do it for fun. So I don't know. Okay, if but are you doing it for fun by spending day? eight hours a day on it or what? No, maybe, maybe an hour, three hours, depends on. Uh, per day? I don't yeah. But that's like a part-time mean, job. It's definitely a part-time job. Three, three hours a day, that's yeah, a part-time job, Sarah. But, you know what, I, I called in. Did you know that we have the very first auto tra- traffic memorial of New Mexico? <laughs> oh, that's boring. Thanks for the call tonight. I appreciate oh, it. Oh, man. Let's talk to Jamie in, in Alabama. You're on Free Talk Live. Go ahead, Jamie. 
Hey, yeah, why does it take him a while to shoot that balloon? Well, uh, who knows? Uh, the claim was about the Chinese balloon, the weather balloon thing, alleged weather balloon, alleged Chinese balloon, uh, that uh, the the claim was they didn't want the debris crashing down on whatever it was that might have crashed down upon, which seems like a valid excuse. However, uh, you know, it was over Montana at some point. So, I mean, the odds the debris was going to hit something over a field or whatever in the these states that have literally no one living in them i mean it seemed pretty slim but i guess it could happen so uh, yeah. yeah it's a pretty lame excuse and plus couldn't right. they also shoot just the balloon and then it would just kind of come down pretty slowly like wouldn't that yeah, be a possibility hmm? they put like a little den in it a little hole or something yeah Right yeah. then, it's not yeah, like you I don't mean, have to blow the whole thing up. You can just puncture no. the thing, and then it's going to come right. down. Well, you know, it was interesting too because they sent a missile up to to hit it, yeah. which kind of makes me wonder: what, is there no? Was it so high up that like they have no other means of taking it out with, except for with a missile? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, they have machine guns or whatever, right? Uh, don't they? Well, how? Yeah. But a machine gun won't go that high, right? I don't know why it wouldn't. Right. I mean, it's on the it's on a jet, right? Like, don't they have guns on the on the jets? They don't all yeah, just, I don't know. Right? Like, I, don't I don't know how high that stuff goes up. I don't know either. But I heard this thing was particularly high. It was supposedly right, 60,000 right. feet up. Which is why I'm just wondering, do we right. have things that are not uh, not missiles that can hit that? Or is that just so high that we can't hit it with anything other than a missile? I don't know. <gasps> I don't know. If you're in the Air Force and you want to call in, let yeah. us know. Feel free. Uh, anything else, Jamie? Go ahead. Yeah. Plus, I heard that the uh, our president has got some kind of deal with the Chinese people. And uh, the uh, mayor or something, Vladimir Putin. I have no idea what you're talking about. He's got money involved with the uh, Chinese people, some kind of connection with the Chinese. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me, um, but I don't know what all the details are. So that's news I have not yet seen. Jamie, thank you for the call tonight. I I appreciate it. Major Payne in Michigan. You're on Free Talk Live. Go ahead, Major. Hey, guys. Yeah, as far as the uh, big Chinese balloon that they shot down the yes, other day, that was at an extremely high altitude, and we only got a couple planes that can get that high up. Hmm. Okay, and that answers I my question. If those things actually have machine guns in them. I see. Because they're so high-tech, I think it might just be a missile system. Uh, but okay. anyway, I, I, I think if they just poked a couple of fifty caliber holes in that pot liquor, it would have just dropped down yeah. nice and slowly. There'd have been no problem. Right. But the thing is, it came in over the Aleutian Islands and hit Alaska and then went all the way to Canada. This damn thing should have been dropped before it ever hit the coast of Alaska, right over the Aleutian Islands. Well, it just goes to show you that the whole idea that the U.S. military is like on the ball to protect the United States (laughs) is ridiculous and a BS uh, lie. Did you know there was another balloon they shot down today over Alaska? That's what uh, somebody else called in earlier about, yeah. Yeah, it was a small one. This thing only had about the cargo of uh, like a small car as mm. opposed to a couple, three buses like the other one. Okay. But uh, they dropped this one on the ice, so the recover, recovery will be more uh, complete. It won't be doused with ice, ice water and screw up the circuitry and such. But they're, they don't even know or they're not admitting if they know what country it even came from. But yeah. they're speculating it came from China because it floated across the Arctic Circle and they're saying it didn't have uh, steering capabilities, you know, motorized, whatnot. Mm-hmm. Oh, so, it did? Uh, it would, 
The second one. The second one didn't. Well, that's interesting because the first one it did, as I understood it, or one of the earlier ones. Yeah. They're saying this was at the mercy of the wind, and, you know, there's swirls around the top of the world there, and they're figuring with the flight path and the wind, it could very well have just blowed across the Arctic Circle from China. Thank you for the update, Major. Anything else you want to share? Mm, No, but go Chiefs. All right, man. Thanks for the call tonight. Uh, I presume that's a Super Bowl reference. <laughs> I think it's a sports reference. I yeah, don't know I about Super Bowl or not. But. I think they might be in the Super Bowl this weekend. I think that's what he's referring to. By the way, I did check on Odyssey, and uh, thank you to the two people who are supporting our channel on Odyssey so far. So we actually had oh, have, that's awesome. We have had two signups there, uh, five bucks a month. Channel name anonymous. So I guess uh, we you know we can't thank you directly, but we definitely appreciate it. Uh, being out there and uh, check out our Odyssey channel at video.freetalklive.com. Chris, you've got a, no, a news story here that ties into the entertainment or the cartel that you were talking about earlier, Disney and yeah. uh, Sony and, you know, you name it, these different mega corporations that are out there uh, trying to protect themselves from being able to have people sharing their files online. And uh, they're going after, or they were going after, a Usenet company. Now, we've got to briefly describe this technology, this yeah, protocol. really briefly. Um, so Usenet is like sort of a de- sort of decentralized, uh, what would it be described as, a forum, basically, mm. or a decentralized Facebook, but from like the 1990s. This is like pre-web, basically, pre-graphical yeah, web. Pre-web, yeah. uh, definitely pre-web. Um, and, well, they still exist, but yes. basically every ISP used to have a Usenet, um, not so much anymore. Not anymore. Um, but they had a Usenet server, and basically the way it works is it sort of syncs up with other Usenet servers, and so it's sort of distributed, right? The forum is sort of distributed. Yeah. Well, humorously, the copyright cartels actually thought that this was, uh, it was it would be worthwhile to go after Usenet providers on the internet that still exist, um, because you can share copyright infringing uh content on usenet mm-hmm. and it, it they they basically they sued in europe so the story is from uh torn freak by the way usenet provider claims support supreme court victory against anti-piracy group bren um but anyway this is it, it took 14 years so they sued Jesus. okay so the copyright cartels they sued this usenet provider mm-hmm the user Usenet provider folded. Wow. Okay, like immediately. But other Usenet providers apparently funded the defense hmm. and they defended the case all the way up to the European Supreme Court. Hmm. After 14 years of not being in business, <laughs> the Usenet provider won the case at wow. the European Supreme Court. What's their name? Um it's a good question. Uh, the defunct Usenet provider's name was News Service Europe. Okay. And Yay! Yeah. 14 <laughs> years. This is what they call justice. Yeah. Wow. Justice. Um, it kind of gets better, though, okay. um, because the copyright cartels are being forced to pay 65,000 euros in legal fees. That's it? Yeah, it's kind of weird. I don't know why Sounds it's only sixty five thousand years. Right, right. It does. It definitely does. So I'm not. I'm not sure why. I don't know if they only. If this is only because they only had to pay part of the legal fees, or mm. if it's mm. or, or, that, just, or the lawyers are working so, cheap. Yeah, I don't know. Right, like, but yeah, interesting. All right. So what was the uh, you know the allegation in the case? Does he get into it? 
Yeah, so let's see here. Um, I so, presume the Usenet provider was one of those providers that you know says, hey, we're uncensored. You can just take whatever Usenet you want from here. We more, don't pay any attention. Less. You know, that kind of thing. More or less. So Even though they know, I mean, they must know, right? Like the whole point of being uncensored on the Usenet is you know you've got the piracy groups I, I, well, in there. Well, this right? is the funny thing. I don't even think they were arguing that they were or advertising themselves as uncensored, right? Okay. But despite that, the copyright cartel suit mm-hmm. because you could you could find infringing con you can obviously you can find infringing content everywhere but you can find right. it on Usenet. So this is what they had but to say. Some of the providers take those groups out, and you you have to go and find the ones that are like oh, okay yeah. whatever. Yeah, censorship has been around on Usenet for yeah. a long time. Um, so it's not it's not. It, I mean, in the early nineties, there wasn't really the censorship that occurred. Um, but later, mm. um. It definitely started getting censored, um, and it was this was before copyright. It was because like there's there's all sorts of disturbing stuff that you would find back in the day on Usenet, mm-hmm. and so some of it some of it did ended up getting censored later in later years. So representing the movie and music industries, Brent argued that the at that NSE so new services new service Europe Europe yeah um, must delete all infringing content from its servers. And in 2011, the court of Amsterdam sided with the anti piracy group. Mm. In its initial verdict, the court concluded that NSE willingly facilitated online piracy through its services. As a result, the company was ordered to remove all copyright, copyrighted content and filter future posts for possible copyright infringements. Which basically, this isn't even feasible. Like you, you can't do this. It doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't how really could you work? Um, at least as the order stated it, right? It, yeah. I mean, sir, you can certainly censor certain. You could censor groups certain groups, things, but you don't but, know what the content of the groups is. But you can't censor like all copyright infringing material because, like, you how would you even that. know? Yeah. And and by default, everything is copyright copyrighted. So mm. <laughs> they're basically being ordered to censor everything, and they might as well just shut down because there's nothing right. left. Every post, like when you make a post on a forum, mm-hmm. that post that you made is technically under copyright but based on the law mm. um the law says everything by default it, this wasn't always the case but everything by default is now under copyright so unless you explicitly like put it in the public domain yeah technically there's copyright infringement going on there hmm. right shut down an appeal according to the usenet provider this filtering requirement would be too costly to achieve it shut down its service but appealed the case after several more years of litigation, the Amsterdam Appeals Court ruled that NSE wasn't liable for pirating user- users after all. Hmm. Same court? That's weird. Oh, no, no, no. A court of appeals, I guess. Yeah. So, different court. Um, but NSE was required to offer a response and effective notice and takedown procedure, possibly with additional measures. Um uh, well, which is probably pretty standard, so that doesn't surprise me too much. Unhappy with the outcome, Brent decided to take the matter to the Dutch Supreme Court. Hmm. While NSE was no longer a threat, the case could prove crucial for many other Usenet providers. Brent has been very critical of some commercial Usenet companies, describing them as a refuge for pirates of all ilks. Almost nobody uses it, which is really funny. That's which is like 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 this is where you're going to spend your resources <laughs> with uploaders. Site owners and resellers working in tandem to facilitate and profit from widespread copyright infringement. It's just used no that profiting. guys. Um, These people don't profit well, it's from not this. Necessarily off the copyright. It's off providing a service <laughs> that yeah. some people use for. This is like, but the this, pirates themselves don't profit. This I is mean, this is like saying the ISPs profit off a of copyright. It's not like though. But the problem with that logic is it's like okay, let's say you got rid of all copyright. Would the person still be subscribed to an internet service provider? Of course they would. Mm-hmm. Who? doesn't have internet service these days 
Just yeah. because you can get to copyright infringing material through that ISP doesn't mean that, that they're, they're profiting off of, of copyright infringement yeah. or they're engaging in copyright infringement right. or advocating for copyright infringement or any of that. They're just the, the system that you pass the data through. Right. They're a neutral intermediary. Yeah. They're not. But yet this is what the copyright cartels are arguing. Okay. So it went to the Dutch Supreme Court. Yeah, so NSC clearly disagreed and positioned herself as a content-neutral intermediary that simply hosts and transfer bytes, which is true. Mm-hmm. And as such, it should fall into the same category as other services, including YouTube and file hosting platforms. Supreme Court decides. Since the Dutch Supreme Court initially uh, struggled with the key questions of the liability side, it planned to seek input from the European Court of Justice. However, after a related YouTube uploaded liability verdict was delivered by Europe's highest court, that was no longer deemed necessary. Instead, both NSC and Bren were asked to share their stance on the verdict, which essentially held that online platforms are not liable for pirating users, provided they have a proper takedown procedure and are not aware of any specific infringement. Right. That's exactly how it's supposed to be. In its decision published today, the Dutch Supreme Court states that appeals court ruled correctly when it found NSE shouldn't be held liable. The fact that NSE had a decent takedown procedure and no apparent knowledge of infringement weighed in its favor. Mm. Obviously, it knew about infringement on its network existing in general, but not about specific content of which it failed to respond to. The court also confirmed that NSE didn't curate any content, nor did it specifically promote copyright infringement. Right. Mm. How are they supposed to give people notice on Usenet of a takedown? I'm like, that seems really confusing to me. I don't know. Yeah. It would be impossible to, like, yeah. you know, comply with the verdict as, you know, as is. What do you do? Post a message in the, for- in the forum and say, hey, you're- <laughs> we're deleting these from know. our server or whatever. I guess that's all they can do. I guess they can delete the messages from their own server. Yeah, they can do that. As far and that would be compliant, but there's no counter response that you can. Yeah, compl- uh, yeah it's, it's crazy. It's, it's one sided copyright. It's law. kind of a win, I guess. We'll see you tomorrow night. Online in the meantime, freetalklive.com. Some of you have wanted to support Free Talk Live's mission on a monthly basis, but don't want to support Patreon. Now we have an alternative that also helps our premier streaming platform, Odyssey. Visit video.freetalklive.com and click join at the top of the channel. You can subscribe for $5 per month, and unlike other subscription services, Odyssey adds their processing fee on top, so it'll cost a little over $5 per month, but Free Talk Live will receive the entire amount you pledged. Higher donation tiers are available if you're feeling so inspired. You'll get a special membership badge that's visible in the Odyssey chat room, and if we get enough supporters, we may enable members-only chat. This new subscription method is a great way to decentralize our direct listener support away from just Patreon and also support a libertarian-run business, Odyssey. Please visit video.freetalklive.com and click join to subscribe to our Odyssey channel and help support spreading our message around the planet. Visit video.freetalklive.com and click join today.